Hi, and welcome back to Kessler and Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes drop at the beginning of each week, and you can follow us on social media. Our links will be in the description. This week, we will be discussing the eighth episode of Andor, season one, with a special guest. But before that, hi, I'm Emily. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on social media at StardustM on TikTok and at underscore StardustM on Twitter and Instagram. And my brain of the worm of the week is Liam Hensworth replacing Henry Cavill as Valance. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were going to make a joke. That was fucking foul. If, if that happened, I would do something drastic. <laughs> that is cruel. That's cruel that and unusual. Disgusting. Is it better or worse oh. than Carl Urban? Mm. Worse. Carl Urban, you can't say it's worse than Carl Urban because Carl Urban is the Ethan approved fan cast. Okay, but that doesn't mean it's right. Exactly. Like but it's better than Liam Hensworth. I keep wanting to say well, yeah. Liam Neeson. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> oh my god. Listen, Henry Cavill, I've, I could write an essay on this. Henry Cavill is the perfect person for Valance. Liv saw the edit too. Geralt in The Witcher is basically just Valance. Not only is he beefy, he well, now, is now same... Liam Neeson is so what you're saying is now Liam Neeson is Liam the perfect mouse sorry no, not Liam Neeson Liam Hensworth no. is now the perfect mouse fan cast because clearly they thought he was good to replace him in the witcher no <laughs> Henry Cavill is beefy he R. has a single sorry be witcher fans I'm sorry y'all are going through it <laughs> yeah. I think we should put them in a room and let them fight it out yeah see who comes out victorious <laughs> my favorite thing though is like people were like okay but if he has if he makes it has more chemistry with the singing guy then I think it'll be okay <laughs> they're like if it comes across as more gay then we're we'll, we'll say it's we'll say it's even <laughs> actually he was freeing up time in his schedule to um to be balanced actually to play Mark Monroe that was the other fan cast I saw no. Listen, Henry Cavill is too beefy for Martian Rowe. I think Martian is beefy. Martian is beefy, but not as beefy as Henry Cavill is. So, like, he's, he's like, thin beefy. Like, he's got some meat on his bones, but not as much as Henry Cavill. Because, listen, Henry Cavill has the boobs to do the voobs. Okay? Hayden, Hayden has a degree in beefology. I do. I'm a, I'm a beefy. I don't know, Hayden. I don't know. That's oh, beefy. That's mm, not thin beefy. <laughs> She's no. showing Marcia Rowe. That's oh, yeah, a variant. That's, yes. that's a variant. Those are usually that's stylized. True. Girl. No. He said, no. <laughs> you he's, can't just say no. <laughs> no, no. He's, he's beefy. He's meaty. He's got like I don't want to say dad bod, but he's not like as shredded as Henry dad Cavill. Bod, he has, that's, like that's like an eight pack. That's like an eight pack that Marshall okay. has on this. Okay. I'm Are sure you there are degrees to beefiness, like beef, beefier, beefiest? Yes, there is. Like, like that cat chonk chart. Yes. <laughs> there's, a, there's a cat chonk chart for Star Wars characters. And Valance is beefy. And you know who's beefy? Henry Cavill. 
He's also incredibly sexy and can lift someone on his shoulder. So there's that too. We need to put the actors, like the fan cast, on the chonk chart, but like <laughs> degrees of which one's closest. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the I'm last lying. thing I'll say, the last thing I'll say about this is that Carl Urban is not beefy enough to be balanced. I rest my case. Agreed. I'm not gonna have this discussion. <laughs> it's so superficial. Yeah. Okay. And you can always day, beef up. Not true. Listen, not only, always. Not always. But <laughs> Man of Steel, Superman, Henry Cavill is the ideal beef level for valance do you want to see if listen hold on let me pull it up i have if it they can cgi a mustache they can make someone beefy we have technology mm-hmm. i don't and the mustache them. looks so good that lip looked so natural and so good where is the goddamn panel slash page, i want to buy that Come on, I know I have it for a fact. I literally, okay. If they can't do this page, this is the page for the listeners. This is the page from Bounty Hunters number 10 when Valance is on the, the, the freighter, the rebel freighter fighting the Onaka gang. If they can't do this page, they're not a Valance fan cast, okay? My eyes just popped out of my head looking at yeah. that picture. I'm telling you, you I got love how you boots. zoom directly into his crotch. Yes. I was I was emphasizing the boobs. The crotch. The crotch. The crotch. The boobs. <laughs> if you can't do the boobs. I'm, I'm more distracted by the, the fact that you just tried to tell me that Martian Rowe was not as beefy as him when I, the picture of Martian Rowe had the exact same physique as that thing. Just... No, I'm gatekeeping. This... And you used the term dad bod for him. No. Which is no, where? No, 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 no. I, I, I think I misused the term. He's like, He's not toned, but he's like, he's a unit. There we go. He's not he's toned. Just, no, there was a hey, one panel stop, that he showed just him. Stop. Just stop talking. Fine. <laughs> Final verdict, Henry Cavill is Valance. I rest my case 2.0. On that note, I think I should introduce myself. <laughs> um, hi, my name is Hayden. I use she, her pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at tech.ytd and on Twitter and Instagram at mcuytd. Although those... Although those Things both be both bite, fuck both, <laughs> both might be subject to change based on unforeseen circumstances such as Taika Waititi's buffoonery. Um, my brainworm of the week. There's a winner and there's a runner-up. Uh, the winner is um, girl boss Lieutenant Hayden, male life balance, and the runner-up is just Ham. The one guy from Andor whose name is just Ham. So there's that. He gives Waffle from the Thrawn novels a run for his money. I bet they met. Yeah, they they definitely met. They were actually like partners before and they got split up. (laughs) Oh my god. Anyways, Liv, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Liv. Um, I use she, her pronouns. You can find me everywhere at Olivia Amidala. And my is the Bosque mask for Halloween that I've wanted since late August that I finally <laughs> bought today because it Hello. was all clear. My Wi-Fi just went out. 
I heard ham and then there was nothingness. <laughs> ham into the void. <laughs> like that was the final straw. No more. I'm on a hot spot now, so we're fine, but okay. <laughs> everything post ham. I <laughs> that's how our podcast is divided up. BH before ham. <laughs> H ham <laughs> or no A A H after ham. Oh my god. In the year of our ham. <laughs> this is unreal. What a what a start to an episode. That's a that's a good time for MJ to introduce herself, I think. I completely yes. missed Lynn's part. It's okay. I was just talking about my boss mask again. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say that oh, waffle left ham for chicken, like chicken and waffle, like <laughs> there's gotta be a third one. The holy trinity of food names in Star Wars. <laughs> when we meet, <laughs> when we meet gravy. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. When we meet Young chicken in the next Star Wars uh, comic run. <laughs> yeah, everyone stay tuned for my, my next comic official. I'm MJ. I'm sorry for everything that you hear on this podcast. <laughs> I go by she, her pronouns. And uh, for the poor, unfortunate souls who find me, I'm at chimera underscore chat on basically every social media, except like Discord and the stuff I don't understand. I'm also on Spotify. Go yes. hunt for it. Yes. Go follow MJ on Spotify. It will be the greatest decision you ever make. If you've ever thought, damn, I wish I had a playlist for that Star Wars character, I bet MJ has it. <laughs> it's true. I've seen it myself. I have like a playlist for like Fen Rao from Rebels, but like <laughs> not for main characters like Dooku and stuff. That's not there's, my speed. He doesn't need already one. People so have already true. done Dooku playlists. Who is exactly. doing Garza Whip <laughs> from Book of Listen, you. Lives were changed. <laughs> when I saw her I was like I need a BG song on there if no one else will do it I will <laughs> um my brainworm of the week if that's where I'm supposed to go next um yes not ham it's from episode seven of Andor and it was at the very end it's the judge I don't know why, but I'm obsessed with that scene. Like the fact that we get to see more of like the boring political side, legal side of Star Wars. I want more of that. I like that Andor is showing us things we haven't seen. And um, Vince Gilligan invented lawyers and judges. So that's pretty cool. We're one step closer to getting Bob Odenkirk in Star Wars. <laughs> As balance. As balance. <laughs> We're not doing this today. We're not doing this today. He breaks the beefiness chart. Like <laughs> I hate Bob, both of you. Bob, Bob Odenkirk ascends beefiness. No. I can't do this. I've had I've had all a week the other, of it. All the other balance fan cast are pre-ham. No. Bob is in a post-ham society. <laughs> He cannot be bound by the laws of time. Oh, and ham. 
So um, thank you for having me on the podcast. I just wanted to say that. I know this might be the last time I'm on here, so. No, we have we have very special uh, plans. Liv and I are cooking up something very special to have MJ oh, yes. on. Oh, yes. I we will refuse to comment on this. <laughs> Maliciously coward. tapping our fingers You're together. Coward, <laughs> uh, so Wait, did happened? I just hear I'm a coward? Yep. You did. <laughs> Fight me. I will. I, I dare you. I was gonna say there's beef on the pod, but there's ham. <laughs> there's ham. <laughs> oh my god. Any fucking ways, Emily, as you were saying. Uh, what happened this week? Ethan got a TikTok. <laughs> he followed me back very immediately. Unlike Twitter. He did. He he saw me in his comments and he followed me back and he liked some of my videos already. So he like, followed Hay before Hay followed him. <laughs> he that like went on and was like, scare. Hey. That must have been a jump scare. It was a jump scare because, okay, so I, was, I wasn't on TikTok very much this weekend. But I, he tweeted about it. <laughs> I, I remember I was scrolling through my notifications earlier that day and I saw this one account that was like, you know, it like didn't have a profile picture. Um, it was just like a bunch of random letters and words, but it said like EJS 15, And I was like, that's weird, but okay. Later I learned fucking Ethan found me first and I had to follow him back. So I completed the mutual with Ethan Sachs. <laughs> oh, um oh no 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 before I move on he also has the same Bosque mask yeah <laughs> does. yeah Wait, he, he also he also liked one of my fit checks today <laughs> on TikTok so that was fun <laughs> I I have no idea <laughs> I hate that on TikTok when you follow someone they start showing you like their old videos yeah and it's like, I, are you stalking me or did you just follow me? I was joking. I was joking about this, but I had to, I was joking about how I, go, how I had to go back and delete a year and a half's worth of videos because I made, I made videos about it. I, I made, I made videos about when, um, when Hayden kissed Valance, I made a video about that name dropped him. Um, <laughs> um, I am known to, he's known to Julia at Julia Christine 77 on TikTok as Hayden's Twitter friend, which absolutely fucking killed me. I, I would say my reputation has gone beyond my control. I don't know what the fuck do to do Do I have anymore. an album for you? <laughs> I'm, fuck all of you, all three of you on this goddamn podcast. We were all thinking it. We were all thinking it, but MJ was the only one brave enough to say it. <laughs> MJ, we have tried very have no. Tried. I in the trenches. Some, I summarily refuse to come a Swift to become a Swifty. You don't have to become a Swifty. You can just listen to her music, so you know what we're talking about. Yeah. I don't want to listen to her music. Are you afraid? Are no, you afraid I'm like not. It? No, I'm not. I know for There's, a fact you have multiple songs of hers on multiple playlists. Well, yeah, because I hear them on other playlists and then they fit the characters. Mm-hmm. So I put them on the character playlist. Like, for example, mm-hmm. on my Han Balance playlist, 
I have New Year's Day because Julia added added it to theirs and I thought it worked. So I put it on my Han Valens playlist, Han Valens Hayden's version, if you're wondering. Um, Which is a Taylor Swift reference. I was literally just going to say that. that yeah, I know that, reference. but it's my version. No. Let's reflect yeah. inward. Why, why don't you want to accept our Lord and Savior into your life? Because, because maybe I hate women. Hiddleston, Stan. <laughs> no. Hayden Lord drop. I did. Listen, However, my that... rabbit of 12 years is named Loki. So I get you. I see you. I did not name him, by the way. I did not name him. He okay. came with a name. But okay. I see you, but I'm at the motel bar. Like, yeah, we've, no, know. we've tried to explain. Lord. We've tried to explain that, <laughs> that is her the best song. Kira anthem. It is the Han All Kira of Reputation anthem. is a Kira album. <laughs> like, if you haven't and listened to Reputation, do you really understand Kira's character? No, exactly. Like, like, I tweeted earlier this week, I trust Taylor Swift to write Kira more than Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni. And, and you are so right for that. that. Taylor Swift and you're so already right wrote for, for her. Exactly. That's what the album is. Yeah. She, she got an early training from Solo, year, so she could write that album. <laughs> she has credits in Solo. <laughs> Based on the songs by... Not many people know that. It's not in the yellow text. You have to look. like That's why I wear glasses. <laughs> they, they allow me to see the truth. Reputation is just... It's, it's a solo concept album. <laughs> I just know Ron Howard's a Swifty. He listened to it and was like, yeah, Amelia Clark, I've got the mm-hmm. info for you. Oh, babes. I need you to listen to Reputation every day before you go on set. They actually had a wire fe- uh, feeding into Alden's ears so he could listen to Getaway Car to really get the emotions. They built speakers in. into the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> and it only plays Reputation. Exactly. <laughs> You, you can barely hear it in the actual film, but if you listen to it on, like, special speakers, you can hear it clearly throughout multiple scenes. They, could, they do a really good job mixing it in with the audio, but mm-hmm. is there? <laughs> anyway, also Tales of the Jedi came out this week, which Don't is amazing how that came. No. Look, uh, if you want to hear some very great thoughts about tales of the jedi and the issues with it because honestly i didn't watch it i have not watched it either i watched three episodes and i was like i have not watched it um you should go listen to fulcrum transmissions episodes uh i believe the episode is called ahsoka's mom is a milf milf (laughs) uh true but you should go listen to it they had a very fantastic discussion on it and some of the uh, issues that were present in it that go just beyond uh, inconsistency. <laughs> but MJ, do you have any brief thoughts on that? Because you did watch it, even if they're they don't have to be negative either. Jedi. Talking okay. about Tales of the Jedi is a very sensitive topic for me. <laughs> I was gonna say that uh, the first Star Wars novel I ever read was Master and Apprentice. So I took this personally. As um, you should. 
Well, I don't even want to ask about the continuity errors with that book because I know that book is like a one of the best pieces of Star Wars. The Bible. Yeah. And basically I mean, why a lot of people like Qui-Gon, so. Liam Neeson was literally Lion Jesus, if you're familiar with Narnia. So the fact yes. that they would change that. Yeah. SMH. All of the dates are wrong. Like they made Dooku like Dooku didn't leave before Qui-Gon died which is completely wrong like they made Dooku leave after the events of Phantom Menace and in the Padawan book as well it says that which came out this year (laughs) was 16 when Qui-Gon left or when Dooku left my bad when yeah anyways it's a mess the timelines were completely ruined not to mention how horrible the ahsoka retcons are for non-star wars reasons it's almost like dave filoni shouldn't be touching publishing stuff unless he actually reads it and maybe he's almost like he's me and michelle in a cowboy hat (laughs) i love him i love his art but boy he (laughs) He pisses me off sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what's good? Go listen to Fulcrum Transmissions. <laughs> they talk in depth, especially because Claire is like number one Ahsoka book stan. Like Caden so, Lairdy is one of their favorite characters. So in Star if you want to if you really want to like go here, it I highly, highly recommend going to listen to that episode uh i don't think we'll end up doing an episode on tales of the jedi sorry if we, guys if we if we even do i think a lot of the episode will be about authorial um integrity and why dave filoni is a fucking ass for doing that oh sorry that was a little bit mean sorry clone wars girlies but however i sorry i really don't have any more sympathy for him Anyways, anyway. moving moving the fuck on. You want to know what else happened today? What? Book of Boba Fett pops came out. With- you mean the Grogu? The Book of Grogu? <laughs> the G- Book of Grogu Fett. <laughs> How are you going to release a Rancor Funko and make it the Grogu and Rancor and not Boba Fett writing the Rancor? I don't fucking get it. You know what? I was thinking this today. The Book of Boba Fett is the new solo it it kind of really is in the marketing in how like it's (sighs) we'll get into this in our book of boba fett episode but what they fucking did with that show was a travesty they had such a good setup for the show and then they made it about fucking luke skywalker ahsoka and fucking baby yoda fuck that little green baby I, I wonder whose episodes those are. <laughs> Dave Filoni, I am under your fucking bed. You see, I was I was rooting for Valance to be in Book of Boba Fett season two or Mandalorian season three. Now he is not getting his grubby little hands anywhere near the Bounty Hunters series. That's not fucking happening. I don't know how they would have done that though, because I think Bob Odenkirk was still filming Better Call Saul season six. <laughs> yeah, it's right. And Jay, MJ, it's been lovely, lovely having you on. Um, would you sign up for me? Bye, guys. <laughs> it's all over. See what I did there? 
it's all gone stop you got you got sorry sorry. i i I cannot i'm being personally attacked on this episode tonight (laughs) it's not a brain worm of the week it's the brain worm of life you know i'm never getting over vile when you and Josh eventually start your Better Call Saul podcast. <laughs> Better Call Saul with Saul, the it'll X. Be, it'll be over for, for all of us. It's going to be fan casting the characters, but like we only have six main actors. <laughs> so we just have to reuse them. Like Bob will play Valance and Han. Like he'll be Han in the original trilogy remake. But then when we finally get Bounty Hunters, like... He'll have to switch between the two. That'll make Han balance a little awkward. <laughs> Nothing Loki hasn't done. If Marvel can do it. <laughs> that sounds like a little, little bit like Loki. <laughs> Alexa, play getaway car. <laughs> this is also, we have talked about Tom Hiddleston now. Uh, two weeks in a row on this podcast. God, no, please. I don't want to go back there. He's please. a father. Yeah, okay. congratulations. <laughs> He's listening. Congratulations, Tom. And please, don't, please don't make me go back Tom. there. Please don't make me go back there. I'm, I'm still bullied. Flashbacks. <laughs> I know you're a big fan of the podcast, Tom. I, Sorry about I'm what we said still, last week. To this day, I am still bullied on Loki and Tom Hiddleston Tumblr. I don't want to talk about that any fucking ways. Moral of the story: If you are gonna release more shows from or more more Funko Pops from the show The Book of Boba Fett and not release any of Boba Fett, I'm entirely skeptical where, of. Where is my shirtless Boba Pop? Where is it? Where's the back I, I, tank? I need, yeah, yes, I, okay, I need one of those, like, movie moments Funkos, but it's <laughs> Boba coming out of the back, back to tank with his titties out. Yeah, <laughs> I want that. I would pay good money for that. Where is he also, on the chunk chart? The oh, he's a chunk chart. Oh, he's he's, he's, he's chunky. He is up there with balance. <laughs> also, how are you gonna release, once again, two more Grogu Funkos, but not a single cop band? Even though the Grogu- only cop band... You've released Luke too. Luke too. Oh god. The, the only Cobb they released was a helmetless with a chase. I need a helmetless Cobb vamp in my possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That doesn't isn't gonna run me like a hundred bucks because I couldn't <laughs> find the chase. <laughs> anyway, moving on to more positive, <laughs> at least things that we are excited about. Not maybe positive tone-wise, but Loki uh, season two. <laughs> Loki no! season two. <laughs> Uh, Andor episode eight. So, uh, first overall thoughts. I fucking love this episode. I say that every week, but honestly, this show is, it's, I, it's, it's fucking perfect. Like, it's the perfect amount of Star Wars mixed with, like, the perfect amount of, like, spy slash thriller slash I don't even know what the fuck is going on. It's it's just perfect. And each episode is so tonally perfect and so well-paced. And the show itself is well-paced overall. Like, I, I am looking forward to 
each episode of this show more than like each episode of Mando and each episode of both seasons, each episode of Book of Boba Fett, each episode of Bad Batch probably combined, except maybe, no, well, may, except maybe the episodes of the Bad Batch that were on Bracca, because I thought Cal Kestis was going to show up, but he didn't. Anyways, long story short, I'm looking forward more to this show every week than I think I have the past two or three shows that Disney has put out combined. So again, more small scale, this episode was so great. It showed us all of the, um, it showed us all of the major locations and like the major groups of people. Again, it spent a good amount of time with each of them and shows us really what's going on in the after effects of Aldani. Um, I, I said this about Game of Thrones too, but the writers have a very good idea of like switching between groups of people because Game of Thrones, especially in the first few seasons before everything started coming together, all the writers, I don't know how they did this. I think it was because they were adapting the books and then seven and eight, they got a little, you know, you know, silly, goofy, silly, goofy, (laughs) derogatory, but (laughs) they're doing a really good job of showing us like of, spending time with each group of characters while not giving too much away or spending too much time on one character besides like Cassian because he's the freaking title of the show. Um, So yeah, all that to say this episode once again was amazing. I rewatched it just before we started recording. Chef's kiss. Just loved it. Anyways, who else wants to go? And are good. Two <laughs> thumbs up. Agreed. Two thumbs up. <laughs> Two yeah. thumbs up. I'd give it 10 out of 10 toes. Like, this episode. The dogs were I was waiting out. for it. I, yeah, I was waiting <laughs> this, at the end this, for it to be directed by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> this yeah. really would have been, like, my ideal Star Wars. Like, really a perfect episode had it not been for all of the fucking feet. I was losing. I don't even hate feet that much, but I was like, if they show me another shot. <laughs> Another pal of white man's foot. Dirty, <laughs> dirty dogs out on this floor. We're done. Diego. Diego, put the them DM away. Dogs. Wiki feet is going crazy right now. Oh. I just know Wiki feet was. Favorite. If he didn't, if he didn't have a Wiki feet before, he does he has one now. now. <laughs> and so does Doug after. Definitely, yeah. I was just about to say, Duncan Powell has one now. Duncan Powell, so true. Does Andy Circus have one? I bet. Oh, he, wait. I, I want to look. Hold on. Probably for Gollum too. Like I'm. Yeah, I was like, specific. he probably has his own for like each of his like CGI characters. Because does he play an ape too? And like Planet of the Apes. Oh God. Yep. Andy Circus has a wiki feet. Um. Where's so if you Snoke? see, if you see on the. The the pod search history, Andy Circus Wiki Feet, that was me. Sorry. But but besides the feet, really great. It was we got very and saw. What can we ask for? And Dedra and Cyril and Cyril. Finally. I literally started tearing up when Saw came on oh, yeah. screen I was like I was I was like maybe it won't happen this week because we already had so much but then Luthen got on that ship and I was like where else would he be going 
but yeah. to him and I was punching the air for you I was like it's so <laughs> I I was so so excited oh god we could get into it but and he looks Father. great despite the fact that so many people are confused or enough people were confused about his hair that the official Star Wars data bank had to put out a timeline. <laughs> um guys There's a saw hair timeline like officially like yeah. before ham post ham <laughs> post ham uh guys oh saws I don't know if you noticed saws not naturally bald <laughs> He didn't he didn't lose his hair. That's a choice that he makes occasionally. <laughs> he was bald in fallen order. Like Yeah. <laughs> he was yeah, he he shaves and then he stopped shaving and then he decided to shave again, apparently. <laughs> he has eras. He yeah, has, he just eras. himself. <laughs> <laughs> this is his this is his uh this is his post child hair grow out like, he's not a dad anymore so he has to have a little <laughs> expressing himself <laughs> it's the Sagarera equivalent to like bleaching your hair <laughs> yeah exactly also Jin used to shave it for him so like whoops <laughs> gotta gotta learn how to do that on yourself <laughs> also one thing before we start getting into the shits of the episode the person that tried explaining the plot of Rebel Rising to Beth Revis, the author of Rebel Rising. I would have deleted my Twitter if that was me. Yeah. Like, he would never I, see me again. The, the, oh, Saw and her had already, I don't know the exact phrasing, but the phrasing was also really funny. And Beth goes, oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that killed me. I, the way that, I was like, that was kind of her. To just be like, I know, instead of yeah. like, I was. I would have obliterated them. I would have honestly just posted a, a, I said this, I would have posted just a picture of the book cover and it's slowly like zooming in on Beth Reeves. <laughs> I would have been a whole lot pettier if I was her. She She's better than me. I think she's better than all of us. Yeah. <laughs> the audacity of some people. Oh my god. And again, before we get into the show. I'm still episode, mad about the puppets. Like that was personal. Like oh I don't know how god. many how many tweets my thread was, but I was like, like angry like, tears. Like, I love puppets. Like, I'm sorry if any of you go to my Twitter after listening to this, Keep which Frank I don't think Oz's name would. out of your mouth. Exactly. The disrespect. <sighs> like, that's Miss Piggy. I can't. I cannot talk about this situation without getting angry. We have to. We're moving on. That's, we have that's post ham. That's or that's pre ham. That was pre ham. That's pre ham. That's pre ham. A different this person. Exactly. Uh, Speaking of ham, let's get into Cassian and the silly little prison. In, yeah, not the not silly. Not silly. Scary. <laughs> Jockey. Zappy. 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 Oh god. <laughs> it's crazy. This prison compared to the other imperial prisons that we've seen, where it's like we had forced labor before, but like not like this. Kind of like efficiency and like it's scary. It's and like really they, I mean they scary. said that like the how it's like so much cleaner than like the other mm-hmm. prisons. Like, oh god. The 
like and like I meant no like uh like you know and we see Jin in prison and she was forced to do like labor but it's very different and like it seems like that like the labor there is much more of a way to just like wear people down whereas like this it does but like it also is very clearly like this has a more clear they're trying to make them serve the empire than Mm -hmm. in other prisons where they're just trying to be kept away and like the environment in this one it's like so messing with you psychologically I mean trigger warning we see one of the prisoners off themselves in this episode and it's crazy like one of the details is that the numbers on their sentences never changes it tells like the the total so it's all like how they're messing with you like how to control you like your spirit it's crazy and they do such a good job at conveying that I mean even just in the set but let alone like the writing and acting yeah oh yeah and I mean I mean we say that but like I mean we made fun of the feet but like yeah even just like that that's kind of like I mean just like having to be like barefoot all the time this uh the sterile white environment where and you're like around the same people and then like you're underwater you're not seeing the sun the only windows you see are out to other prisoners <laughs> and then other like the water coming in is great it's like yeah and then and then it's so interesting to then see that immediately oftentimes so contrasted with then Mon Mothma's apartment mm-hmm. and like the luxury and the the beauty and like the freedom of that uh and then to immediately cut back to this like it's it's yeah and another thing um when MJ was talking about spirit um I know a lot of prisoners they like especially in like past books and comics and stuff they get through it because they rely on each other to like vent and stuff but when Kino is talking to Cassian he literally says if you have problems you're you're sick you're you're losing hope keep it to yourself or talk to me about it because he's like the warden of everything like that really shows how they're they're basically like ingrained on breaking you and breaking your resolve until ultimately like the poor man did in the prison you ultimately just give up and yeah. it's mm-hmm. and like even when they're like even the infighting when they're trying to ask Cassian about that law where you see mm-hmm. like the ass and and even within themselves they have that like discussion about like you know fighting and clearly he doesn't know and then like Milshi's whole speech about like don't worry about it they'll only let you out when they want to let you out mm-hmm. which is also like I mean this is jumping a little head to his character but it's startling to see a character who the first introduction we had of them was them breaking someone out of prison and who ended up sacrificing their life for the rebellion say it's hopeless like that's mm-hmm. great that's kind of insane and it also adds so much weight to him being the one sent on the mission to break out Jin because of like you know he has such a personal attachment to being in prison specifically in like a labor camp which is uh what but Wobani is And that's what makes such strong fighters for a cause, like the people who have the emotional ties that are invested. And that's what this series does such a good job at 
kind of showing us the development. Like, I mean, we've already started to see it with Cassian. We're definitely going to see it with Melshi more in mm-hmm. the future, I hope. Mm-hmm. Do we know yeah. what Melshi is in prison for? Was that I don't, said? I, do, I don't think they said. I yeah, and I think you were talking about this on the last episode, um, but do you... I. Do we think he's a rebel already? And that's why he's in prison. I don't think he would say what he said about, like, being stuck there if he was already a rebel. And I also think he's there, um, isn't Duncan Powell British? I think he's Scottish. Scottish? Okay, so that's why. But he also, he, fun fact, he does change his... Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does change his voice when he does Melshi. Like he makes it a little deeper. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you listen to just like interviews of him, um, but it was also really startling too how he did still have that kindness towards um, when he he says Cassian. his name is Clem. It's a sign of respect. Keith, my bad. I don't <laughs> Keith, like saying yeah. that. I Keith, don't we say moved that. Past- <laughs> <laughs> Clem was a better one <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah Reject and then also like he embraced Grace Clem. Clem. <laughs> but and I think and I think that really like that already that immediate sort of connection and kindness also really builds to why he would want to follow Cassian to Scarif and why they have he has that trust for him to know that it's important to follow him um I'm just really glad like I mean like, I'm glad that we have this opportunity to get to know more about a tiny character in Rogue One and then be able to feel the loss of him even deeper in Rogue One when we see all those other, like, rebels. And I wonder if we're going to get that more, um, if there are going to be other characters, especially maybe once we're Cassie and Melshi are actually, like, in the rebellion, we'll get to know some of the other people that were on Scarif. But, like, yeah, that was definitely... I'm very, I'm very glad that they chose him. And apparently I was uh, seeing that Melshi wasn't even like a character until reshoots of really? Rogue One. Yeah. And um, I think Duncan was working on set or something, um, but they added him in, which I, which definitely makes sense. Cause a lot of what they did reshoot was like Scarif and the beginning. Um, so that's really cool that like a character that like, wasn't even, kind of initially intended to be a thing now has this whole big story i'm really glad the show is doing that yeah and it makes sense because tony was in charge of reshoot so it would make sense that he would want to mm-hmm. <laughs> think the little guy this is my lip shadow and they get a backstory <laughs> silly little guy in there yeah <laughs> as a treat. tony could Tony can say he's not like Star Wars fans, but really he is a, he, he is. is a silly little guy just like all of us. <laughs> <laughs> he has his silly little guys too. He's he's so, just like us for real. So true. For real. So <laughs> true. Uh and then Cassian in prison is thoughts. I think Savi was talking about this, but the way that he can just like observe and he when he first gets like thrown into this kind of construction ring um you can see him kind of like a go what the fuck is going on but b also kind of like sit back and 
observe and try and absorb as much information as he can after being thrown into this entirely insane situation. And like with the Aldani rebels, when he was giving them advice on how to hold their guns, we see that he's really observing and he's training to be a leader. I know um, I'm going to hand that off to you because... Yeah, you can really, it, it, they keep building why he is such a good spy, and it's because he does manage to slip into these environments, observe people, um, they really build up his skills of, like, not even being observant of his environment, but, like, each individual person in it, like, the fact that he notices the guy speaking sign language, um, and all of that, like, he, and he can slip and kind of, um, adapt to these environments very quickly we've seen that now twice both in the prison and uh with the rebels um and even on uh the beach planet um where he kind of is able to very swiftly neomos he's very easily um able to slip and fit in uh which i think is really good establishment Mm -hmm. for him being a spy uh in the future and also him being specifically even a fulcrum agent um because i believe that the information we have right now he was like a recruiting fulcrum agent so i think that also makes sense that like he would be able to pick people very well Mm because he would be able to observe them and kind of pick up their traits um and i'm really glad that that's something that they're really building out in this show This is kind of back to what Hayden was saying with um, like how he's taking in his environment. This was a standout episode to me for Diego's acting because there were such little lines from him. We really get to see it all in his face. Like, and he doesn't even need to like speak for us to know exactly how he feels. And that was very impressive. I feel like this one was really a standout for him just performance wise everybody's yes. acting in this episode was incredible we're going to talk about andy circus but i mean freaking forrest whitaker andy diego duncan powell like also genevieve o'reilly as fucking mon mothma in this episode we are gonna get to her because just it's it's i, I cannot say enough good things about the show yeah like i mean yeah, I mean, if Diego's, uh, Diego's acting has sh- shown before, or, like, sh- shown before in this series, but this, yeah, really, especially on, like, the nonverbal acting, as, like, you're mm-hmm. seeing him in his face process like put, yeah, the put prison. Stuff together. Like, I, the one scene that really stood out to me was after his first day on the table, where it's clear that they got punished, and he's just standing there with that, that, that wide eye, like, shock face, and they're panning, and it's kind of, like, muffled. And then you see him like kind of step back. Like that was like fantastic. So good. So incredible. I, yeah, once again, cannot say enough good things about the acting in this show. Like insane. Like, I mean, truly, like, I do not think anyone else could play Cassie and Andor the way that Diego Luna plays Cassie and Andor. Agreed. A hundred percent. Like, it's just one of those characters where he he owns him. <laughs> and, like, we, and you know we are a pro-recasting. <laughs> like, yeah, but, like, this is also different. Because Cassie and Diamond yeah. can't really cast him as an older. Or, and the younger kids are the exception, of course. But also they did a good job. Um, but, 
just god yeah I'm I'm and I'm so excited to see how this is what I'm uh, what I assume this and kind of what probably will go down on Ferrix in the last episode is really those final steps in Cassian's radicalization mm-hmm. um because clearly he's experienced prison under the empire before but he hasn't experienced it like this and I'm curious how this plus that connection to Melshi ends up kind of pushing him further into the rebellion um and like I said too I think it's so interesting because it's just another thing where you see that foil between him and Jin and you see why I mean to steal a line from Cinta like I'm a mirror Jin is showing him everything that he he used to be and also that makes him angry because he he doesn't want to be like that anymore and that's what she is so I I love that this that was a choice that they made to have them both um I mean it's sad but like I I appreciate the very intentional parallel that they are continuing to create between these two characters in their journeys to become a rebel and eventually sacrifice themselves for the cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Circus, jump, uh, jump scare Andy Circus. <laughs> he fucking slayed this episode. I did too. I literally Leonardo DiCaprio pointing gift at the screen. I was like, Andy Circus. I, I just went Andy like really loud. <laughs> I remember I've been in the shits of Twitter to remember long ago enough when there were rumors of Andy Circus being an Andor and they were like, is Snow going to be an Andor? Why is Snow going to be an Andor? Look, we, we beat this, we beat the Snoke allegations and we beat Dude, the Zeb allegations. <laughs> so true. Thank God, because his... I, I love Zeb, but I don't think he's the right choice for no. Zeb. Bring Steven back. <laughs> Honestly, he he could either one of them could do the mocap, but you gotta keep Zeb's voice actor. Anyways, yes. go moving on. Andy's performance, his name is Kino. Kino. His performance as Kino was fucking scary because you can see, like, I don't want to say he's like on a power trip or whatever, but you can see how determined he is to keep these people in line. And it's also uh, a commentary on, you know, obviously the prison industrial complex and how the and how the prison industrial complex forces prisoners to turn on each other mm-hmm. and how they keep each other in line and why there's, uh, I mean, at least in the sense of the imperial prison system why there's so few riots is because they're so so worn down by not only themselves not only the the guards but also by their fellow inmates um i don't know i just think that he he absolutely blew his performance out of the water this episode Blade. he he really freaking did <laughs> he slayed, he slayed yeah. the house boost he slayed the house boots down Houston yeah. I'm deceased and it was cool to see him in uh, a non mocap yeah because mm-hmm. I it's, I guess I guess I say that but then he was just a Batman this year so I forget <laughs> to be honest that maybe not one of his standout performances maybe as Alfred but uh this was really yeah really great and yeah I think it's it's interesting on yeah this promise of freedom and how that can make you turn on 
the people who are in the same position as you mm-hmm. like he says like he has like what 240 some days left Something um, like that. yeah and he's the top performer and he's not gonna let anyone mess up his chances for freedom but also it's like you say that but then as like mg noted like the dates don't change so either like they're because like to be honest if they don't want to let him out they won't like they'll come up with some reason they'll say you know his cell wasn't performing as well which will just make him also like take it out on uh, mm-hmm. yeah and like yeah and i'm curious to see because it does seem like you know from trailers we're getting a prison break and i'm curious to see how he like falls into that mm-hmm. when he was yelling i was shaking in my that seat. shit was scary yes. <laughs> if andor really showed something it's how scary white men are when they yell yeah Andy Serkis, right. i'm i'm terrified <laughs> pallid little scrawny little white men yelling at you yeah <laughs> number one fear <laughs> yeah but so again, Guerrero yells, and I'm like, "Yes, King." Andy Serkis yells, "I'm like, please, I'll cry." <laughs> but another thing about Andy's performance is that we don't get enough Andy Serkis like face roles, and to have mm. him be in like in such a prominent role, at least in this episode, maybe not in the Star Wars Galaxy, but like at least in this episode, and for him to like blow his performance out of the water, just. I, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I just think that he was incredible in this episode. I and wonder... he was Go oh, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, you no, go, no, ahead. go ahead. Okay. <laughs> go, you're the guest. You're the guest. It's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I wonder if, like you were saying, we don't get enough Andy non-mocap roles. Um, I wonder if his career of all the motion capture and like you know really working his face you know when they put the dots on going. and the voice mm-hmm. acting I wonder if this is what made his performance because of his background like mm-hmm. he was really he really nailed it and it's probably because of his career thus far mm-hmm. and I think that's a very interesting background to consider in his performance because it was just amazing it was phenomenal mm-hmm. yeah because I thought he was really good at Snoke too yeah, yeah. like no, I mean, Snoke yeah it's a good performance and yeah and I'm glad and it's cool that he can like join this kind of list of actors that have played uh multiple roles in Star Wars that's really mm-hmm. fun and cool there are quite a few of them but he's uh, in good company and also John Favreau <laughs> and also John is there <laughs> but Warwick Davis <laughs> Warwick King. Davis Warwick Davis I think uh Stephen uh Steve Blum also voices uh, a couple of characters like in like I think he was like a stormtrooper in Rise of Skywalker too so that's fun I gotta uh, give props to Dee Baker of course True. yes Dee Baker like, the, the king, king of, of, of multiple characters so if true. there's an animal yes. I'm like Dee <laughs> I would Long not time be no surprised. See. I was like Alan Tudyk, but no, that's just Alan Tudyk in Pixar. <laughs> the king of Pixar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, would, I would be surprised if... Yeah, yeah, he's coming. But I'd be surprised if Warwick Davis somehow doesn't find himself in this show at some point. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll be there. We'll uh, anything Mark else? Hamill. 
Mark Hamill. Oh, yeah. He's right. Leo. I remember yeah. in the theater, I, I heard Bulio talk and I was like, is that Mark Hamill? Turns in out it Jedi. was. He's I was right. Drunk alien. Yes. Who tries to put the coins in BB 8. <laughs> what a title uh, to have on your IMDb drunk alien. Drunk alien, alien that puts coins in BB 8. Right <laughs> under Luke Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> or above yeah so true true. let's let's prioritize here (laughs) who had more cultural impact here (laughs) i know if you asked bb8 i know what his answer would be true i bet bb8 never met luke skywalker he only knows drink alien trying to put coins in him Speaking of having the same voice, I wonder if anyone who, su- who survived that Imperial prison heard Snoke <laughs> talk like a couple <laughs> years later and was like, yeah, this guy sounds familiar. a little familiar. Should I add up? <laughs> they had like flashbacks, like <laughs> putting together those like star things or whatever. It's it's Gareth Edwards. Because he was he had a cameo in Rogue One and then also in uh The Last Jedi. <laughs> it's him so true it's you know what they did with that one guy from the howling commandos in the first avenger how he had him play the same role but they said like the guy his character from the first avenger was his, his grandfather dad. or something yeah, and then exactly yeah. <laughs> uh anything else in the prison shit's oh, scary what what do we think that they're making because if they're making I have no Death fucking Star clue parts, i'm going to kill myself i Here's like I think Death Star parts. I, people are trying to be like I think it's like Ty. I think th- to me it makes sense to be Death Star parts just for the the poetry of it all. Yeah. To yeah. have Cassian, to have Cassian and Melshi's ultimate destruction be what they helped build, and and also for them to be a part of then that's destruction. It would just be too good. It would Thick. be Thick. too good. Mm-hmm. Thick. thick with three bitches. <laughs> no, sick. Like that's sick. oh sick. Like, sick. No, thick. not sick. <laughs> oh my god. That's I mean the Death Star was, but big, yeah. <laughs> and I also think it makes sense in like just tying uh the story of Andor, you know, mm-hmm. into like the galaxy as a whole and kind of it's one of those little ways that it can do it. And then just specifically to rogue one as a story mm-hmm. um, but i mean my favorite non-thrawn star wars novel ever is catalyst which everyone is like oh that's so boring and i'm like it's a comedy to me <laughs> but i would just love to see like i want to see that building of the death star like i don't care about the prison like give me give me the funny bits like this is comedy to me <laughs> This is comedy to me. His entire thing with like the Geonosians. He was there for like like, 11 years. (laughs) Give me like workplace politics between the Death Star engineers. Like that's no, that's that's literally what Catalyst is. And it's workplace politics between Tarkin and (laughs) and uh, Critic. Give me more. It's art. I've never enjoyed I've never read a book faster than I read that. (laughs) My god. I read Dark Disciple in like a day and a half. That's what I'll say. I've read I read Rebel Rising the other day in one sitting, pretty much. Oh, we'll we'll talk about that when we get to book club. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
now we'll move on to uh, Coruscant, where we had lots of characters this week bumping around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start with Luthen and Clea, and then we'll get to a very important character. <laughs> I think I like their relationship because Clea keeps Luthen in line. She is She's the boss. No, I'm saying the whole rebellion is her idea, or like she's the mastermind, and then Luthen is her little errand boy. I'm sorry, she, she's the what? His his she's he's her little errand boy. No, you're not getting it. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> okay, she's one day, one day, you're gonna look back in this and be like, how could I be so uh... blind? <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't even remember what I said. Okay. <laughs> Words you just will. come out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling very attacked in the Zoom call right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just keep doing this to yourself. Really? I don't know how. Uh, the number on your prison sentence just got like longer. <laughs> excuse me (laughs) like the longer you stay in this zoom the worse it's gonna get with the taylor swift references that's a taylor swift reference you said you said you said mass don't worry about it i did i'm gonna be completely honest i do not remember the word mastermind coming out of my mouth the first thing i heard loud and clear like andy circus's booming voice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh god now Clea Clea girl Clea. boss Clay. Clay. more like Slaya more like Slaya she's cutting off communication affairs like it's no bi- nobody's business <laughs> so true of her and I mean so, she was right the Empire was monitoring their transmissions she was right yeah and also so it does seem like Cassian being hunted down was not just her idea behind Luthen's back because he seems to also be concerned about him being out there and them not knowing where he is with information about Luthen. Because mm-hmm. I guess I didn't even put together that like, oh yeah, he probably did show him more because he let him on his ship. Like that was a lot more than probably someone like Val or Cinta or uh, like Nemec saw. And probably because Luthen thought he was going to die. That's why he told him so much. Yeah. And then when he lives and then also, or that he was going to stick around like Val and Cinta and they would be able to control him mm-hmm. in the same way that they do Val and Cinta. Luthen's so relatable. Me when I overshare the strangers on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are either bonded with me for life or you have to die. <laughs> exactly. Two and we days. know what they chose for Cassian. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, yeah, and it's so, it's so interesting. And yeah, this, you're slipping. Mm-hmm. I've just been hiding for too long. And then who does he go to visit? Sagamera. The best he's, thing. He's back. He's it's a great day for saw enjoyers everywhere and a dark day for saw haters because saw haters always lose (laughs) in the end you will always lose 
in the end, Star Wars is about Sangarera. Yes, he is. He he is Mister Wars. He puts the wars <laughs> in Star Wars. Like he literally. <laughs> no, he literally says like, "Let's call it war." Like <laughs> that was. Oh yeah, because that wasn't even in this episode. No, this episode. This performance. No, I was watching it again, and like the minutia of his face, and like every little twitch. Fuck, man. Because, like, like, other actors that would come off as, like, overdramatic and overacting, but the way Forrest does it, it feels so natural and so perfect and so for real. the character. Yes. Oh, God. They're they're lost. They're all lost. I'm the only one with, with clarity, clarity of purpose. purpose. Screaming. Also, uh, I'm almost positive he said i'm he said i'm not going to take a mission for like another person because i don't want to put my own people at risk it's because the last mission he took for another person is when he lost jim he had to leave jim behind on that mission so there's a reason he doesn't want to risk and someone but and one of his other partisans betrayed him so there is and you know he got really injured so there's a reason that he doesn't want to work with other people and it's because of like the trauma that happened that that year (laughs) If so we get people. a gin, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I've already called you enough. Fine. God. <laughs> Swifty, the, the Swifties are ganging up on me today. Anyways. Tour was if, announced today. Can you blame us? Yeah, it's yeah. so true. <laughs> We're overwhelmed. This I can't is with our like, rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was on Good Morning America. <laughs> It's it's giving we are the it's giving we are the daughters of the witches who didn't burn. But anyway, <laughs> what I was gonna say <laughs> that if we get any sort of like Jin mention or like reference or even like a look from from Saw in this episode in this episode that's coming up tonight, I'm going to have to call an ambulance for Emily. Like yeah, she's literally. gonna be on speed dial. Like <laughs> I. I was like, because I was even thinking about it, because it's so interesting, because this is clearly not the first time that Luthen and Saw are meeting. They clearly have a established rapport, an established relationship. Now, there was a lot of times that Saw was off-world meeting people, and Jin did not come with him. However, I'm just saying, if anyone was going to know that Saw had a, a, a child that he was taking care of, that he was training... It would be Luthen. And might and might understand that if the child is not around, someone might be touchy about it being brought up. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And it's not that Jin was necessarily even a secret, because like in like the Rebel dossier, it says that like people like how I mean Enfis saw her, other people had note that like he favored like her. So And I mean, even in Rogue One when she says, because I I'm the daughter of oh wait that was Galen that wasn't Saw in my no, mind but- she is Saw's daughter but they knew, so true. they knew they still knew so true I, I forget wanna- Mads Mikkelsen is in Star Wars like <laughs> no I, I do really the do. same thing every day it's him and Marvel too I always and I love both Rogue, Rogue One and Doctor Stranger like I love both of them and I'm always like oh god Mads Mikkelsen is <laughs> like a they worse jump there than Andy <laughs> I uh, people. I do. Don't I don't. Start. I don't know. 
I don't know what Star Wars was, the Star Wars data bank was on calling her him Jinsudo adopted father. <laughs> I take issue with that because what else do you want? <laughs> like, what else do you want? It's what is pseudo what about that her? relationship? Like, what? Yeah, do you want papers? You either adopt someone or you don't. I'm There's just really saying, no they, don't, area. <laughs> they don't say this about Bale and Leia. Yeah, like, I'm like, I'm like, she was with, it wasn't like she was with Soft for a year and he was like, oh, whatever. She was with Soft for as long as she was with Galen and Lyra. He called her his daughter publicly in front of the partisans. Mm-hmm. She basically was like, I mean, maybe he didn't call her like dad, but like in all ways, except for the actual title he was like her main caregiver and father i don't understand. take the pseudo off it's just arguably, father. arguably saw raised her more than galen did it's not yeah. even arguably like just read a book mm-hmm. you're right yeah because because galen yeah i mean i love galen it's not but <laughs> maz nicholson well, yeah, especially so she, if you consider that Galen was absent for the first couple of years of Jin's life, pretty much. Yeah. Really no, I mean, for like, what, two or three years? Yeah, Lyra really like raised, like on Coruscant, they spent yeah. the most time together. And then, yeah, but anyway, it's just, it's, it was so, so good. And the whole, and Luthen still covering up the fact that he was the one. And then I like the, if if I had a million credits, would I still be in this cold game? And of course you would be. <laughs> that That's exactly where you would be. Because it's true. Yeah. I do like the consistency in Saw's uh, bases. Um, that's just a little <laughs> note. The fact that it's all like caves and obscure not I guess Jenna's not that obscure but it's all caves and uh out of the way places out of the way places where uh wherever this was was I know they said the name but like it was like May it was something like a May with like MR or something it was like Mega uh, I I don't know no May Run (laughs) (laughs) no way May Run Run. it's on a fruit But I I just love seeing Saw and I I very much appreciated it. I know it was just one conversation, but I very much appreciated that it was not this sort of immediate villainization of him and his tactics and what he was saying. Because I mean, what he was saying was true. There are a lot of rebels who he has clarity. He does have the clarity of purpose that some people do lack. It is with a hundred percent within his right to not want to work with separatists him of all people mm-hmm. and and like you know not wanting to put his people at risk for people that he feels are not as effectual I I really appreciated seeing that nuance especially given like the week before where we had that conversation on um the Aldani heist I felt like this was a really good continuation of you know different tactics that the rebellion uses in kind of different um ideologies that these rebel leaders have um and once again I and I loved again the contrast between when you see Mon Mothma and Luthen having this conversation on Coruscant in this shop full of all these goods and then you cut to Saw in a cave having like they're sitting down it's a much more casual conversation there's no there's nothing to hide between them well, except for the fact that he's hiding, he did the heist, but like 
it's a lot more open. Luthen is allowed to be more open, but there's this contrast of like Saw is really on the ground, whereas Luthen and Mon Mothma, it feels they feel so far away from where Saw is. And I really liked in the conversation with Saw how Luthen just straight out came and said that he was a coward, which is because like he asked him why he kept hiding in the shadows, and then Luthen said. It was because he was a coward, which is ironic because he is not living in the shadows because both of them are living in the shadows in their own way. We have Luthen who has this insane double life who is leading this, who's masterminding this whole cell of this operation out of an antique store on, on Coruscant. And then you have Saw who is hiding in the shadows literally on this secluded planet away from the reach of the empire and away from all of its spies and everything so each of them are hiding in the shadows in their own way but i love how luthan comes out and says that he's a coward i don't know why but i i loved the inclusion of that line because we really don't get a lot at least in my experience of star wars of people just coming straight out and saying like I'm I'm afraid I'm a coward the only time I can remember that something like that did happen is in Vader Dark Visions where um one of the Imperial pilots that's supposed to take a shot on Vader's TIE fighter slash TIE bomber he moves away at the last second because he's afraid and he's a coward and he literally says that and he gets killed like a few minutes after but I think the fact that he said he's a coward just straight out of the gate it really stuck in my mind and I really liked that kind of inclusion of that sentence especially in a debate with Saw Gerrera mm-hmm. anyways <laughs> I like that it's with Saw of all people because he's such mm-hmm. a powerhouse I, and especially in the way that Forrest plays him I mean we were talking about um his delivery it's this one it's pretty lengthy line where he's like naming the people and their like political affiliations Mm -hmm. the way he delivers that insane Mm -hmm. it's crazy you can tell that he feels it in his soul especially given a character like that in his past he really embodies this character Mm -hmm. and I think I don't remember the director's name for this episode I think it was Toby Haynes Toby Haynes yes and um he was talking to Forrest and he said that Forrest was asking a bunch of questions and I love that I love that that these actors really care about the work that they're doing yeah and with a character like Saw it it would be so easy for an actor playing them to write them off kind of in the same way that some of the even the writers of Star Wars do but I I mean you saw it I mean you see it in like the fact that Toby was saying that Saw was asking questions um if you've watched the Rogue One behind the scenes stuff on on um the saw part you can just tell how much appreciation Forrest has for this character and really how much he cares about playing him in a way that is like nuanced and like gives the performance that the character deserves Mm -hmm. and I really really appreciate that especially from an actor as like prolific and and you know talented as Forrest Whitaker he plays him with a lot of nuance, which mm-hmm. I think gets lost on some people. And if other actors were playing the role, they would just not be able to do that. But again, like I said, like the minutia of each like twitch in his face, like you can only get that with 
Forrest Whitaker. And the fact that he brings it to the role is just incredible. Like he knows the perfect way where to like soften his words. Exactly. Where to, where, to, where it's like, uh, yeah, like where, how mm. to switch the persona. Like and you saw that in Rogue One, like depending on who, like the persona between when he was talking to Bodhi and then when he was with Jin, like. Borgullet. Mm-hmm. Borgullet. <laughs> let's, let's, let's see the origins of Borgullet in Andor. <laughs> how, how do they pick that guy up? <laughs> He was just chilling on Melu run. <laughs> he's actually in the bat. He's in the uh the ship, the X-wing that they have. <laughs> he's and people say Andor doesn't have Easter eggs. <laughs> you guys didn't see Borgullet episode eight. <laughs> episode eight. We did have uh two tubes. Two tubes. You rarely saw him, and then like I think you like briefly, but you saw uh Boroff too, the yeah. big white guy. So, I mean, you you can tell that's also I appreciate. I appreciated very much how they showed how committed the partisans are to Saw. Because that that's like, a, those are like, that's consistency in his ranks for five mm. years. Uh, but Slay, two tubes. Love you. <laughs> they said, we have the costume. Let's get these costumes. Roll them out. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we get Warwick in Andor. That's no, because I'm- they... He was the Talpini, the yeah. like, little guy. No, War- little, yeah, like- Warwick. Warwick did play a role in Rogue One. He played. I, yes. I said Andor though. We need to oh, bring Andor. him back. Yeah, bring the yeah. Talpini back. Uh, any other thoughts? Change.org. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I think to, uh, Tony would actually really get behind. <laughs> this is fan service. At it's, fan- <laughs> it's fan service for me a person who works at a rogue one <laughs> i am the fan that's being serviced service? <laughs> uh any uh other thoughts on saw no literally better, perfect better call we will move saw? on you didn't make that joke in the present i forgot <laughs> mj we can't no we can't we i can't can do, do this, this. I can do this as long as you need me to. <laughs> uh, we'll go on to our other rebel, Ben, uh, Mon Mothma, who has a, another dinner party. <laughs> These bitches are really getting drunk every night. Why were there worms? Why were there worms <laughs> in, the, in the wine? You know what it was? And why like was that like a, tra- a Chandrillan t- tradition? I was and like, why was... was that no one's brain worm of the week? Oh, oh God. <laughs> Oh you were wow. saying, I wish I could make it a little worm. We should have done the squigs. <laughs> but my worm is Meeber, even though he's not a worm. <laughs> Meeber, you my know? beloved. Go ahead. You know, what... <laughs> you know what that worm was giving? It was giving that deleted scene of Thor Ragnarok where Bruce eats the bowl of worms that he thinks are noodles. You're I'm never beating the YTD allegations. No, you're, never you're really beating not. <laughs> he has <laughs> disappointed me so severely. I'm, I'm embarrassed to be associated with him. <laughs> I say, as I have his drawing of Mjolnir on the back of my computer. <laughs> I like how which... he tried to turn around like we could see it. <laughs> no, I just wanted to make sure it was still there. But yeah, oh. <laughs> he, he drew those... Um, 
those little art pieces like on the wall in the team Thor shorts, he drew all of those. And the picture of Thor, no, the picture of Mjolnir holding Thor, he drew that. Anyway, he designed that square ship in the Yes, he did. I remember from the director's commentary, which I don't have memorized, but I have listened to a lot. I'm in a different room right now, but in my room, I have a big Jojo Rabbit poster. Like oh the full size God. on the from Actually, the movie holy shit. Today is the three-year anniversary of when I watched Jojo Rabbit for the first time. Wow. Did you not see it in theaters? I did. I oh, saw okay. it um, because it was like a really limited release because it's like an indie. I remember that. But I, I was there the entire like session of filming. I was there for the the location shoots. I was there for the people who met him while he was shooting. I'm an OG, okay? I was on their, like, close friends list on the Instagram account. Yeah. yeah, I was we on the... each other. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was on the Jojo Rabbit. We were besties with the Jojo Rabbit um, media intern, the social media intern, <laughs> yeah. that one guy. And then when they came out with the, the filter of them, like, holding the... The rabbit ears. Yeah. And then we joked that we needed PR packages because we were doing most of the promotion from this movie. Um, I actually had a friend unfollow me for that. And they said, you guys are so annoying. You're so full of yourself. Let's be honest. Yes, yes, we were. I mean, Anyways. average average Taika fan, especially in this day and age. Oh my God. Don't even get me started. I am so embarrassed. It's a good day to be a Sam Raimi fan. Moving on to yes. my mothma. <laughs> <laughs> Another Anyways, dress. Take a tangent over. Another day, <laughs> another sleigh, another, another sleigh. Perrin's still in his dumbass fucking robes with a oh dumbass God. ponytail that he refuses okay, to take off. Out. I'm gonna rip he it off his head. So ugly. MJ. MJ. No. MJ. No. MJ. MJ. Anything. You didn't have to. The audio. MJ. I've been framed. MJ. <laughs> No, you, you're lying. When Tay is right there, MJ. Tay's a gilf. MJ. Gilf is, is a gilf. my favorite color. <laughs> I love red flags. Oh, MJ. Like, oh, this, be, podcast, oh, be, this podcast oh, be, took a turn. Oh, to be one of the women Perrin was flirting. <laughs> and then he got jealous of Mon Mothma for talking with Tay, one of her childhood friends. Oh, he's so toxic. I could MJ! fix him. <laughs> we how do you how do you kick someone out of the Zoom call? <laughs> you know, really it was inevitable. It really was. <laughs> but this is we actually this is where we actually do learn their backstory, which is so she was a senator at 16, Padme's life, once again. What what a no wonder they were close. Mm-hmm. Uh but she was married before she became a senator. She got married at 15 years old. And then they 15. moved to court and saw it at 16. I can't imagine. No. I would Ma- know. Mon Mothma, you're a victim, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you're both victims. <laughs> but also, like, I was like, so has Perrin just been a senator's husband for the past, like, has years? Has she been his ladies. sugar mommy? First ladies, first gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because isn't that what Doug, the guy 
Kamala Harris's husband is called? Yes. The first gentleman. He's been a first gentleman since he was 15. Uh, 15. <sighs> another another sleigh for Lita. I thought I this was a great one. I for the look. daughter. <gasps> I know. Okay, but... I listen. didn't put that together. On my own podcast, which is a mess, I was attacked for calling the daughter sus. But does anyone else get that vibe? Like, I no, don't I, like that she sides with uh, the dad. I get I'm that a little, no, she, yeah. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little See, nervous. this week, this week kind of changed though, because I felt like she was. I don't know. It felt a lot more. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like maybe we're intentionally being led to believe that she is mm-hmm. sus. And then when something goes down with Perrin, I think she's going to maybe side with Mothma. We know Perrin's the imposter. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Perrin, I, I'm suspicious because I feel like Perrin is starting to pick up on like something going down mm. and he's gonna... Like when, um, when Mon Mothma goes to beat Tay for the first time, he like turns away and he like makes a comment about how he's stealing his wife. He turns away and then he does like a double take and then like looks away and like sighs. So. Oh my God, he's going to be in the crown and Tay was also in the crown. That's no so way. funny. They've got, oh they've got previous the days. crownification of star wars what is the mickey getting in here come on <laughs> i'm oh. staunton where are you girly claire foy come on they're gonna bring in matt smith no i was literally just about to say where the fuck is matt smith well, wasn't matt he smith? supposed to be in he was Fred supposed Skywalker? to be young yeah. palpatine. palpatine so i feel like it's only I mean, a matter we- of time before they <laughs> If they can get him b- between House of the Dragon filmings. Oh, <laughs> he's done for. <laughs> They'll snatch him up real quick. Where's the, uh, the guy that plays, not Charles. Wait, yeah, Charles. The one who plays Charles with Imelda Staunton. The, the guy who was in Game of Thrones. There's a lot of people who are in Game of Thrones. Hold on. Prince Philip. Their brother has been in Game of Thrones at one point. Which Val like, has been in Game of Thrones. She was a fucking bitch to Arya. Anyway. Was, was she a lesbian in that movie? In that show too? Not movie. It seemed like it, honestly. Oh my god. Because you see Game of Thrones, everyone is. Like you can't be straight <laughs> in Game of Thrones. You're right. But you see, she was a mean also- lesbian that bullied Arya. And she stole people's faces and tried to she she basically beat Arya up while she was blind. And like when she was begging on the streets, she like knocked her cu- her bowl of coins over. Well, when Arya was begging on the streets, Vel like knocked her coins over, and she literally like beat her with a stick. She beat Arya with a stick while she was blind. So yeah, seeing her in this um, in this show, especially when I was rewatching Game of Thrones, which by the way, since we've been um, adjourned i did finish rewatching, and i did start house of the dragon for anyone keeping track um so when i was re-watching game of thrones while watching andor it was it was a lot <laughs> but, uh, yeah and then we see her interacting with other senators to try to get some votes passed which i thought where, those conversations were interesting where is slay <laughs> oh where, where is slay Slay-Organa? <laughs> no 
Where's Slime War? I was literally thinking about it today. Like, when are we going to see Slime War? When is the bald-headed bitch going to come? Where is she? Anyways, the conversations that they were having, the, like, little verbal sparring between her and the other senators and the guy, and um, they were talking about the PORD, is it called? PORD? Public Order Something Decree. And one of them said, do you feel threatened? And then another senator, the one who was for poor, he said, in this conversation, yes, I do. Like that just really shows the kind of elitism and how detached most politicians are from reality. And it was striking, especially in the context of our American um, political system, especially right now. Uh <laughs> Um, yeah. That conversation gave me, it gave me war flashbacks, to be completely honest. And the contrast of them talking about the uh, law versus them in prison, them mm-hmm. talking about it, and this, like, the way that it's so abstract for them, but so real for mm-hmm. the people in prison because it's leading them to have more time for more people to be sent in. Like, it's having that real effect for, like, the senators. It's only you know it's, it's literally cocktail talk yeah like, they're so detached from what's happening in these prison systems that they have they have no idea like the magnitude that their words have and the choices that they make in the senate have whatever choices they have or whatever choices they're present for which again is a commentary on our american political system right now i don't know like, that they're they're concerned with how many worms are in their drink. And then yeah. Cassian's literally being tortured. He's being yeah. tortured and unfairly imprisoned for literally mm-hmm. just walking on the beach. Like, what does it's that sound like? Tourist. I'm sure yeah. other people can speak to that a little better, but that entire conversation was just like making my skin crawl. <laughs> yeah. And I like how tired you can see Mon Mothma becoming. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I you said, see over the progress of like these parties and communications, you just see her becoming more and more exhausted mm-hmm. of having to do it this way. Like the what when I said before, we're gonna get to Genevieve O'Reilly's acting. When we were talking about the performances of people from the show. You can see her mask is starting to slip, and you can see her becoming tired with the way the empire functions which of course is going to lead into rebels and her defecting from the empire and then the ghost crest to go and save her but you can see how just like em said just exhausted she is and especially this is the first time where we've really seen her mask slip in a moment where she doesn't want her mask to slip when she i think she turns away from someone to um to go find tay and you can see her like her placidness and her smile like melt off her face the second she turns around mm-hmm. like Genevieve O'Reilly's performance in the show is just incredible and going back a couple episodes I think to seven or maybe that was last episode I don't remember but when the Aldani heist weapon or when the Aldani heist happens and she's talking to Luthen, you can see her her facade kind of break and you can hear her get more severe and you can see her lip kind of like like solidify in how she's talking about the magnitude of the situation. And again, this is just a testament to her performance in the show. Like her 
her just whole demeanor throughout this episode and through all of the cocktail parties that we've seen, it's very obviously, at least for us as the audience, it's a facade. And again, going back to what I said about being severe, um, in the one, in the first episode where she meets up with Tay and you can see them have like a conversation, she knows how to work the people around her to make it seem like she is just talking politics with him. And like, especially when she says like, laugh now, and they both go along with it because they both know they have to keep up, keep up with the facade. But when mm-hmm. she, when she says a line, like if I'm an annoyance to them or something, then they'll miss what I'm really doing. You can hear her get severe again. And again, just a testament to her performance. And I'm really loving what they're doing with her in this show. <laughs> Preach. Preach. Uh, any other Mon Mothma thoughts? I think her and Tay have explored each other's bodies. Yeah. And I hope we explore them further. Really? <laughs> when she pins her rebel dealings on Perrin, he goes to prison. She gets with Tay. Exactly. A sleigh. <laughs> uh, we'll move into Cyril. I, I Cyril. tweeted this. It's Cyril. Cyril and uh, Dedra. Cyril yeah like cereal and then that'll be and then dedra will be a good lead into our ferrix stuff uh so we did have finally the imperial twin flames meeting and i'm so happy that i have we have mj on for this episode (laughs) because we've been talking about them for weeks i am going to create a playlist that is so imperial twin flames Oh, funny. Tony I... Gilroy, if you're listening, I have a playlist for you. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> that I... TikTok audio that's like, I can't talk about this because people are going to try and stop me. But I have plans. I, can't, plans I, I can't have plans because the haters will try to stop me. Because <laughs> Tony that's Gilroy me. will try to stop me. Uh, he, oh my God. I like the way that Cyril, Cyril, his patheticness Cereal. once again cereal his patheticness is so high once again they're making him sit in a room and read about his failure so they can scrape whatever <laughs> little information they can out of him but while he takes time off his stupid little desk job that he hates and he keeps he keeps lying about to get <laughs> lying about reports to try to get information on cassian is so funny to me it's like gifted kids with burnouts like worst nightmare (laughs) like just here sit in this blank room and be constantly reminded of all your failures god that's my worst nightmare and even if this is why he always looks like he's about to cry and if you do try and prove we'll keep just like no (laughs) like a man when he's down and (laughs) this kid is always down i don't know if he knows how to stand He's never been up in his entire life. Never. <laughs> Let the I... man cry. He was so close. He's so, so close. This, oh God. And it's so, yeah, and you can really see, like, I mean, they, they said, like, Imperial Twin Flames, you can really see that. And, like, the way that they both, like, you know, Cyril says, like, maybe I was overly ambitious, but I saw the opportunity I had to take it and how that failed him. But when Dedra did the same thing, she managed to succeed so it really is like you just see because like in a way like yeah like 
he didn't do anything that like she probably wouldn't have done in in his situation but because he failed that's like she mm-hmm. looks down upon him they're like two sides of the same coin except yes. he's always the loser yeah <laughs> which i think D- uh dedra will like in a man so true yeah i think she, they're she gonna make out in an imperial hallway <laughs> And you know the the meme of that girl with the holding up the guy like against the fence, the chain link fence. Yes, <laughs> that's that's Cyril and Dedra. Exactly draw in the hallways of the ISB. Exactly, well, like in the broom closet of the ISB. Yeah, he's holding no, he's holding on to one of those like little circle cutout things <laughs> on the Death Star in his office, and her assistant walks in. <laughs> he's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> But, and then, like, I don't know. I'm so interested in him because I feel like he's going to go rogue again because they showed a trailer and he's on Ferrix. I think he's going to go rogue again. I think he's going to try to find Cassian on his own to try it's to clear his name. <laughs> <laughs> this, I, like, it's so, like, the way, even in that conversation, like, he keeps focusing he has this like it's literally like it has this it's hyper a hyper <laughs> on Cassian and even Dedra's like okay but like what about the guy he was with like and he's like and like and Cyra like can't remember anything about Luthan like he's like Cassian. he just knows like everything like he has so much like information or theories about Cassian and then they ask him about Luthan he's like I don't know he's an old guy and he's like I can recognize his voice and I'm like great <laughs> That's, That's really helpful. helpful. Fellas, is it gay? <laughs> Fellas, is it gay to submit multiple false reports from the Bureau of Information and chase him literally across the galaxy? <laughs> I can picture him like laying on his stomach on his bed, like with his feet kicking in the air, and he's like filing all the reports. He's like, "I'm really gonna get him this time," and giggling to himself. I also, now that you said that, I'm also imagining Cyril laying on his bed, kicking his feet, uh, Googling Dedra <laughs> to, like, phone for ISP file and be like, oh, what's she about? <laughs> like, ooh, she's on barracks now? That's the S in Cyril stands for stalker. <laughs> or simp. Or simp. Yes, that too. That's probably a nicer word, but. <laughs> That's a nicer word. So far, his sto- he hasn't stalked yet. <laughs> yet. He's just got. That creepy boy vibe, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like creepy the boy boy vibes. He's got that nice guy being. vibe. That, oh, like, like the person that I, you talk to in class that, because he's lonely and then he turns out to be a real freaking weirdo, mm-hmm. that's what he has. Yeah. There was a reason that no one was talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> he And it really, you do realize how much it really all is in the hair. Because, like, the way that it's because it's, like, slicked back, like, Kyle does not give that vibe and even not without the beard like Kyle doesn't give that vibe but it's because his hair has that loose it has those curls it has those bounce but immediately when they slick, slick it back when it becomes those suits, yeah and they give him those suits that make him real constrained the seatbelt the seatbelt suit I can't get the silly little tie that's a uniform I can't get over that it's not even the a personal fashion gel. The hair gel is like that one episode of Spongebob where he's normal and like completely smooth. Like that's the energy he gives off. I just know if you just knocked on his head, it would 
make a noise. Yeah. Hi. So how crunchy. are you? Hi, how are how's it going? <laughs> that was him meeting Dedra. <laughs> I also like I love like just like the imagery of the scene where like he's sitting in this chair and she's like like when it was like the back of his head and he, she was like kind of like looking down at him. Like the meme that's like he asked for no pickles. <laughs> That is literally that, that. That entire scene is just the silence bottom. Yeah. <laughs> he asked for Cassie and Andor. <laughs> <laughs> silence. Anyway, when they kiss, it'll be all over for you, bitches. <laughs> Unless I also think it would be hilarious if this was all an elaborate ruse by Denise and Kyle and like they actually like don't have a romance and they we just were like they just they decided just it would be funny us. it's just their headcanon that they decided that they were going to stay on the press tour it's the my headcanon it's canon to me yeah and the fix and, and the fix will be written it's already we're too far it's canon to them the way the Ahsoka novel is canon to me <laughs> In our like hearts. some people might choose to ignore it but not me but not some me. And, people being dave filoni <laughs> and i'm correct <laughs> fuck dave filoni i'm right <laughs> i'm just glad that he's not writing dedra yeah i just same with john favreau does that yeah, lead yeah. us into bix the other yeah, that's, girl boss that's a great transition into big especially because we do see dedra and her have their the beginning of their moment oh no bix is bix is constantly in the trenches she's in the trenches it's she's so bad recovered. for her she's just recovered from being literally being brutalized by the brutalized police. by the police her boyfriend being killed in front of her her other like boyfriend quote unquote. saying gotta go <laughs> can't be here anymore uh and now this woman that she cares for is dying she's sick and the imperials are here and now they're after her it's so bad when what's his name brasso is that how you say it yes brasso? when brasso. he's like when she says she's not your mother and he says she's not Neither your is yours yeah <sighs> like you can tell that she really really cares and that's gonna be so sad when marva goes because we know what's coming yeah because like that's like yeah and it's like that you can tell how much like the whole community cares for her and like yeah oh god and the fact that like they're like she doesn't want to leave like she just wants to stay in her house and like fight like it makes my heart hurt uh yeah poor Bix and like and like I love this establishment that like basically whatever her and Cassie and go through like they still really deeply care for each other like the fact that she was willing to risk so much just to try to get in contact with him to tell him that his mom was sick um it's so sweet that wasn't something that she needed to do she knew that he left but the fact that she risked has that much of a risk just for that it, I think it truly shows her, her compassion and I think and caring for not just Cassian but also Marva who she probably knows would like to see her son again 
yeah it shows just how deep the love she has for him goes yeah also i think it also reflects on the community and like how i was literally just about to say that how strongly knit the community is our moms yeah because she asked brazo she's like do you know where cassian is and like that's like this assumption that like cassian would have told anybody in the community like her brazo who he was close with where he was and that like they would care enough like yeah it's it's beautiful i really love that um part affairs or like again when we see them we hear them like banging on the pots and stuff when the imperials mm-hmm. come again um and how you know they're worried about i forgot his name but the the shop owner who ends up being taken in pack 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 something like that um the father yeah. of the boy the hoodie boy, boy. Yeah. Hoodie. but also her oh god the mind fuck of leave him here so she could see him and then stop no oh my god that was foul yeah just so she can see like what they'll do no Mm -mm. that's scary you know what line is coming up i think in this episode are you a fish in my net that's coming i think it is because i think that was exactly two it's bad (laughs) it's it's so bad it's also brazo i love brazo so much he's such a sweet little guy he's a himbo he is he's so sweet and also he's he's also huge (laughs) he's He's a unit (laughs) he's friend shaped i want to give that man a hug like i would of all the characters in andor He's who I'd give my drink to, like at a party. Yes. So, yeah. Oh, 100%. And he he wouldn't like he would punch someone out if they even tried to like exactly. Like he would oh, he you know he gives the best hugs. What a man. Also He's like anti-parin. Yes. So yeah. true. Also, uh he the actor has a daughter, so I'm saying canonically Brazo Brazo would be a good girl dad. I'm he taking that. Dad. Yeah. He would be a good girl dad. He and Sasha meet. Girl dad. <laughs> combined their girl, their girl dad and Kanan. Their, their combined girl dad slay. Slay <laughs> of the like century. All of the Star Wars girl dads. Wait, they got you know, like Bail as well. Yeah. Bail! Ha- Han Solo gets honorary girl dad for his interactions with Rey. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yes. You know who else would be in that little roster? Oh god. Oh god, I fear I know. Here we all do. Yes. Yes, they're coming back to me. I know it. Valance and Cadelia recollab, just maybe not when Valance is going after Crimson Dawn, please. <laughs> Anyways. That is the only place that would make sense. <laughs> I don't It was care. a sleigh though. It was a sleigh though. I have it to admit. Thank no. you. Thank you. As I'm, Akira Stan. Uh-uh. Thank you. No. I have to side with Kira. I've read it, but I have to. No. I have to side with Kira. I, I am, I'm winning. I am. I won. No. I, unfortunately, the Swifties. The Swifties have to side with Kira, <laughs> as we always do. Because Legally obligated. Yeah. If you've listened to Reputation, you have to pardon all of her criminal activity. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's all in the name of girl bossery. That's what you have exactly. to say. I really don't care. Well, she manipulated a child. Um, how about she just told the child the truth and the child believed it? She opened her the child's eyes. Exactly. No. Yeah. <laughs> she was an employee. And you know she's going to get employee of the month. That's on period. <laughs> no. You would do it too for a check. <laughs> no. <laughs> She's getting her check. Exactly. Uh, no. Spe- <laughs> speaking of speaking of girl bosses and potential lesbians, I don't think we're at potential anymore. Yeah. We're like, uh, but I was Kira potential lesbian. Kira oh, potential okay. sapphic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair. Never mind. Slide. But but Slide. confirmed lesbians in the episode and Cinta when that. I was not expecting them to like outwardly say it, but when Cinta said, you love me because I show you what you need to see, my my jaw literally dropped. I was like, also, are they really fucking doing this? MJ wore the right hoodie today because mirror oh, ball Cinta. Let me find it. Let me I find know. it. It's on here. I'll show you every version of your. I'm screaming. Mm-hmm. No, I'm I'm not even a Swifty, but when she said that, I was like mirrorball, mirrorball, mirrorball. <laughs> it's are so mirrorballs. and the handhold. No one they better can, kiss I'm on the mouth. Friends now, friends do not look at each friends. other like that. And, They're besties. When they started, the, roommates um, even <laughs> colleagues, perhaps colleagues. <laughs> Uh, the struggle comes first we take what's left I was almost in tears over that line because <gasps> I love that and I love that as just like a representation for so many other characters who have fought in the rebellion like Leia and then Hera Leia um Saw and Jin uh uh I mean Valentine said to obviously Cassian and Jin like this representation of yeah the struggle always comes we take what's left and knowing that like because of that like too I, I want them to have a happy ending even more <laughs> sorry Ethan just literally tagged me and said my horrible taste in salad dressing he added me in a conversation about ranch I can't fucking do this anymore ranch is so good thank it's you good. it's the Floridian solidarity right yes here, like. we see each other we, we see each, each other, other. <laughs> Wingstop Ranch. Real. Wingstop. And who else has really good ranch? Too, it's a little too runny. Cheesecake Factory Ranch. Cheesecake when Factory Ranch. When it comes ranch. out in the little gravy boat, you know it's going to hit. You know you it's know good. It will hit. When you get your fried zucchini with your side of ranch at Cheesecake Factory, that shit is going to bang. Okay, I think ranch tangent over. Anyway, back back to the lesbians. Yay. 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 I just, like I said, I just think it's funny that this show confirmed lesbians and then we had whatever Tales of the Jedi did, but like. I can't believe lesbians are canon now. (laughs) We did it. (laughs) Where's the Wikipedia page? Does Dr. Afra mean nothing to you? So true. I mean, like, in visual media. On screen. On screen, yeah. Because let's be real, I don't really think the lesbians, I love the lesbians at the Rise of Skywalker, but if you can cut out, if you can cut them out. (laughs) Claude? 
Claude? <laughs> Claude? Claude is a lesbian. Does Claude mean nothing to you? <laughs> As, as Lila said on Twitter, uh, Val and Cinta need to live to the um, to the sequel trilogy so they can show Rose Teak of the lesbian ma- Master Hollow. No. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. Why dance of the rebellion? It's it yes. would it would it would definitely it would definitely give uh some of like the more conservative members are like they just have lived together for the past thirty years and they'd be like it's we're lesbians it's because we're married <laughs> we're teaching my wife that was They're too really. fucking real when <laughs> when they get married when they get engaged on uh I on Yavin four on Yavin four. Oh my god, I can't. Oh my god, the cutscene from um, A New Hope. So directly after the Yavin medal ceremony, it's Belle and Cinta's wedding. That's so true. Everyone was there. They don't care about Luke and, yeah. and Han. They don't um, care. <laughs> everyone's like, everyone's like, oh, and they were like, we're just gonna add this in front of your wedding. They were like, okay, I guess. <laughs> Leia was officiating too. That's why she was so nice. Exactly. <laughs> and dressed up. Except she's, she's wearing white to a wedding. That's... um. Kind of rude. to feel like they might be a little bit non-traditional. That's fair. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Cinta or Vel. Vel on Coruscant. Her outfit. Slay. Slay. And we're getting her on Coruscant again in another like slay outfit with the the Mon Mothma. So true. true. When they show up in their wedding in the Aldani outfits they met in. <laughs> when, when next week we come back and the episode is just us telling you in excruciating detail about the Valsinta wedding. Valsinta <laughs> wedding. Um, any other... Oh, theories. So any other thoughts on this episode and then theories for... Next I week, hope Kino, Kino or whatever gets trampled in a stampede. I know that once that prison break, breakout happens. Isn't Andy Circus short? I think so. Wait, he let me look it up. Short. He, he, he short has short energy. energy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or <laughs> my I mean, you know I, I was like, of like the two glowy brains. I'm looking up his height right now, but the top suggestion is Andy Circus wiki feet. <laughs> he's 5'8". Okay, he's so I'm taller height. than him. So wait, how tall is Diego? Because he was like... I think yeah, Diego's I, my height. I think he's 5'10". You're 5'10". Stop. <laughs> that was shocking information. I think you and Ari are the same height then. Oh, no. No, no he Ari's is 5'10". Like six foot, right? Ari's oh, six yeah. foot. Wow. I really want to get platforms, so. You should. Oh my god. When you meet Ari. <laughs> the feminine urge to be 6'4", 6'5". Oh god. That's so Taylor Swift coded of you. It is. It really is. So my cousin, It'll- I'm a lot shorter than him, though. He's 6'6". Oh my god. Platforms for the Eras tour. Yes. yes. We have to. With the Jack Antonoff cosplay? Yes. 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 Okay. So, so a little bit like so you'll be taller than the actual Jack <laughs> Jack, if he did rep tour, Bleacher's rep era. 
Yes, exactly. Okay. What a concept. I think I should plan the Velcinta wedding outfits because clearly yes. this is clearly this is fashion. Denim, <laughs> platforms, sequins. Everyone's wearing Canadian tuxedos. Yeah. <laughs> um, now Wikipedia is being mean to me. I, I, also, I can't catch a fucking break. So Anyways. I've seen a couple of theories on Val because they mention in this that Cinta makes that remark she's about the rich, rich girl. girl running away from her family and she's the no, that's she, low. She's gotta be Luthen's daughter at this See, point. I saw something where it said that she could be Mon Mothma's sister. Really? And that's why they were talking. Yeah, and because and she kind of uh, has like the Val is very similar to Mon and Tay of like that kind of naming like moniker um and it would make sense because it seems like mon mothma comes from somewhat of an influential family you could add a little dynamic about she's kind of the screw-up sibling if mon mothma is better <laughs> that was too fucking real and if she and if she's a little and, and depending on how much younger she is than mon mothma that too adds like a whole dynamic of like if there are a lot of years in part like that could add to like them not being close huh and the maturity gap yes yeah but i raise sure. you the one scene where we first meet the aldani rebels when luthan gets off the ship and they're talking That's and he yells too. at her mm-hmm. that is how a father talks to a daughter like, yeah alexa yeah. play kyoto by phoebe bridgers i know this i know <laughs> that voice i also i mean a who, who else somebody said oh somebody said to that on tumblr major uh paired part daughter the dedra's boss at the isb she is he she is her daughter or his daughter and this whole thing about then like dedra is like filling the void of like this the daughter that he's always wanted this like perfect that's something yeah that's something i did make a joke i said i do like how it's like she has become the new uh daddy issues <laughs> no it's daddy, daddy issues and, child and ray she's become the new ray like who is this woman related to how many blonde people can we can we connect but Funny. but i feel like i don't know and uh, of course we had our wild ass fucking theory of she is a santeca that was just our <laughs> Because Santeca nepotism. Val Santeca has a fucking ring to it. It does. It does. It's it's our second like, favorite galaxy nepotism family. Yeah, right after the Gilroys. <laughs> I always think about that quote where Dan's a freak. <laughs> like of all the words for me. He's a freak like that. You're talking about writing a Star Wars show, Tony. With your brother. Okay. I want to be inside Tony Gilroy's mind. You scare me a little. Uh, I love your films. You scare me me a little. That's just me to the whole Gilroy family. (laughs) It's so true. 
I true, and especially the John who edited this, uh, who edited Suicide Squad. He scares oh, no. me. Oh. Wait, the Suicide you were- Squad or the Suicide Squad? Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that in theaters. He- I did so too, did twice. I. I saw it for my birthday. <laughs> twice? Worst yeah. birthday present. Willingly? Yeah. I oh, also no. saw the Emoji Movie twice in theaters, though, so. I saw the Emoji Movie on TV and at the dentist's office. <laughs> I think that's also how I saw Moana for the first time. I crowed so hard when I watched Moana for the first time. I watched it for the first time on a plane, um, and that wasn't a a good choice. Some about watching movies on planes really makes you want to cry. I also watched um, Blade Runner for the first time on a plane, and I was very confused the entire time. No, yeah. Blade Runner, without reading the book, Blade Runner is a fucking acid trip. I didn't read the book when I watched Blade Runner for the first time. I was so lost. I was I was on the Blade Runner wiki, like, every few every few words. Like, what the fuck is a, is a, what is it, the... The, it's not a Cylon. I don't know why I'm thinking of that. But whatever the the Is robots are Cylon that one character from the comics that has the half the Silo Cylon okay. I think Cylon is a Star Trek thing let me look it up oh goodness doesn't matter regardless but <laughs> you know uh any other Battlestar Galactica okay it's one of those <laughs> one of the space shows final <laughs> Andor thoughts is Battlestar Galactica <laughs> I agree <laughs> so true uh and with that We'll move into Kessler Run Book Club. Um, MJ, I don't know if you read the comics. Do you? Um, I read anything with Kira in it, but I so haven't true. read. I haven't read War of the Bounty Hunters, but I have read Crimson Rain. Me. Is that MJ, problematic? Is that? I haven't gotten there yet. Okay, I, I know it came first, but I don't know if it's problematic, Crimson, but just confusing. Yeah, Crimson Rain was what got me to read the comics okay that's fair valid because i saw kira and i was like that's my girl and then i purchased one for the first time and now (laughs) i'm like trying to go back and like fill in the gap you're just like me for real (laughs) when i read war of the bounty hunters for the first time when i read that director's cut and then when i read number one for the first time I'll be honest, I was not that into Star Wars, so I forgot who Kira was, and then I googled her, and I was like, that's who that is. Here's my personality. I feel like I, I legally cannot change my Spotify profile picture, because, like, people it's won't know who I slave. am. Yeah. If I put me, who is that? That's not me. I'm actually you that specific to... screenshot of Kira. Of Kira. You have <laughs> like, to that's cosplay I look like. Kira. You have to cosplay that outfit of Kira. So I, I have it, it in just me. becomes your brain, like your brand. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the only that's and that's the only other way you can change your cowboy half profile picture is if it's with the Kira cosplay. <laughs> oh my god. Just make it that on all platforms. Yes. Uh so MJ, is there anything that you're reading? Um, immediately after finishing Tales of the Jedi last Wednesday I started rereading Master and Apprentice to remind myself that you know I'm valid for being a Qui-Gon <laughs> fan it's hard out here um y'all were in the trenches this week we do I saw have. those I saw those posts 
I got on Twitter immediately afterwards and people all, and noticed how it was all the Obi-Wan stands, which frankly, I don't know how those, I don't get how their brains work. I commend them, but that's not for me. Um, they all were saying Qui-Gon is a bad master. And I'm like, I don't know where this came from. I'm just going to ignore it and continue to reread this book. Oh boy. So I'm rereading Master and Apprentice for my own sanity. <laughs> we we, we almost do what we can to resist table <laughs> uh as we should women, hey comics and then comics liz read something very special this week yeah. <laughs> afra um, afra. So, <laughs> afra was the comic that came out last week we we went over the the comics from two weeks ago right yes we did yeah we're okay good. so we only had after 25 Alyssa Wong, you know what the fuck you're doing. And you posted about it today. The one panel of her sitting on the throne with the sword. Mother fucker. <laughs> you I know exactly to, had, what you're fucking doing. I had to pause. I had to pause, take a picture of the panel, send it to Hay, and be like, are you seeing this shit? <laughs> no, you didn't even send me a picture at first. Yeah. You said, do you know the panel from Afro 25? And I said, yeah. And then you said, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I fully had to pause, take a breather, and then continue reading. Yeah. Like, also, let's not forget the fact that Afra literally licked her two fingers and, like, lightning came off of her tongue. Like, Alyssa Wong and Minky Jong, you need, you need to go. You need to leave. I will bonk you with the horny stick. <laughs> but anyways, um... We also got BT and Triple Zero laying on the beach. <laughs> laying on the beach. I I read that and I had to I had to go do something afterwards. If that was the only thing in my mind the entire fucking time, it's just them laying on the beach. <laughs> they literally like beach. Triple Triple Zero is literally like like how he is standing up but laying down on the beach, like his arms are bent. I think that changed who Jay was as a person. Oh, definitely. I, it definitely changed his brain it chemistry. Oh, it's literally just going. Oh. Uh, the words were leaving my mouth. <laughs> that it's like that in combination with the one where they're in the like scarves. Yeah, <laughs> vacation clothes. Oh my god. Oh god. I like how everyone in the comic seems to be going through it, and then. Those two just seem to be having the time of their life. They're they having are. the time of their life abusing the fuck out of people. Yeah, that's that's what they live for. They live to just like brutally murder people. No, yeah. The I whole love point it for them. The whole point of the triple zero matrix is to create a violent protocol droid. So imagine C3PO, but feral. Yeah. And I hope, I hope to God, if they have triple zero in a live action project they still have anthony daniels voice him i that think it would so be funny. so funny <laughs> but anyway like the actual content of the issue i'm gonna be real i it has been so long since afra that i have no idea what the point of the story is like let's be honest she's hot True. i don't know where this little storyline is going they got they um, gotta punch the the spark out of afra it's true like, yeah i think that's the that's 
that's the main point okay of the story bt and, and trip were just a little sprinkle of fun sprinkle of nostalgia yeah because we we hadn't seen them since 2019 since uh afra the first like volume one ended and i think (laughs) afra asking for her droids when she's the murderous spark eternal is very funny yeah but also no that was a couple issues ago those fucking archaeologist motherfuckers are so gay and then there's just corin her dad just kind of like standing there being like he's literally like girl dadding it up with all these (laughs) fucked up archaeology students Um, another girl dad win (laughs) so true at the end of the day that's what star wars is about what is what is star wars if not girl dads persevering exactly also, also so, on Twitter today, Alyssa Wong said um, they knew what they were doing with Keta and, or they did. I said Keta because that's the ship name, Deta and Co. <laughs> so they knew what they yeah. were doing. Yeah. And it's working. We thank them. Like, remember the panel of yes. Deta's hair and Co's yes. face? And yes. Co is like, Titanic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. That you know what that panel is? That panel is the panel is the panel. <laughs> that panel is a panel. <laughs> Wait. That panel is the panel from Bounty Hunters, I think number nine, when Han tells Valance we came on our own, and you can see Valance's wide eyes. Like that's that's when sweater weather starts playing. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I don't know how the fuck Afra's gonna get out of this one, y'all. She she's pretty she's pretty fucked in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um also (laughs) the fact that the speculation buyers were like going fucking nuts over the last issue because of the four red lightsabers on the on the cover, and they literally just have not been back, like at all, have not been mentioned again. Also, I really don't understand why people were going crazy. Like, did they think it was supposed to be Kodor stuff? I don't know. Or people like, are just fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> also in speculation news, Star Wars 26 has gone up in fucking record pricing, which I, I actually want to see how much the rest of Star of that little arc is going for. Mm, which one was this? 28? Star Wars 28 uh ebay still normal what it's 30 bucks jesus sorry (laughs) i'm getting distracted as i usually do on ebay which (gasps) how could i get the hot toy i got the mud trooper han hot toy i finally fucking bought it i was distracted this weekend so i i forgot about it but that was gonna be my brain worm i'm replacing my brain worm my brain worm is the mud trooper han hot toy that is now mine i bought it it will be yours in january it will be mine in january january it's shipping from shanghai it's brand new brand fucking new like i listen I'm going to be real with y'all. I'm going to be real with y'all on this podcast. I have not been having a very good time 
I hit one of my several low points on Thursday and the I saw a TikTok about someone who bought one of like the the um the one half of the Rex and Ahsoka figure where they're like at each other's backs and like defending each other. I saw that and I'm like, you know what? That that's the fucking sign. I'm fucking doing it. So I literally texted Liv. I was like, Liv, I am having such a bad day. I'm going to buy the Mud Trooper Han and you can't tell me anything. And she was like, go ahead. So I bought it. I spent an exorbitant amount of money <laughs> to buy it and it will be mine. Retail therapy. Retail. Whoever said money can't buy you happiness was fucking lying. It bought me the Mud Trooper Han hot toy. I feel like the next logical step. So just speaking from experience, obviously I'm a really big Thrawn girly. Like my username should give it away. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) I went to a con and they had his silly bucket that he wears. (gasps) At the Battle the, of Avalon. The Mud Trooper, the Mud Trooper yeah. adjacent helmet. Yes. Yes. And I put it on and I obviously couldn't buy it because it was five or first person's like prop. Oh. I was like, this is the happiest I will ever be in my life. And mm-hmm. then I returned it. And so I feel like the next logical step, whether you purchase it or somehow find it, you have to wear one. Like you will I not have achieve a Mud Trooper helmet. happiness. You own the mud, the tiny Mud Trooper helmet. But now you have to twin. I I have been saying this for what, like three, four weeks now. I need a Mud Trooper Black Series helmet so fucking badly. I need to wear that thing on my head. I need to wear that thing on my head and have it jostle around every time I turn my head. I need to wear a Mud Trooper helmet. I bought my first uh, Black Series helmet this year. As uh, no, I bought mine last year. Which one did you buy? I don't want to expose myself, but I did get the Trapper Wolf one. <laughs> it's my favorite color, and okay, I like animals. You have to let me have this. Valid. We'll let you have it. Well, you can reclaim. You're you're reclaiming wolves <laughs> <laughs> on all levels except physical. physical. I, I am a wolf. wolf. I am Trapper Wolf. <laughs> I'm the new Trapper Wolf. They recast it. Tell this me, is in tell the Bob this. Odenkirk version of Star Wars. Of course. <laughs> Fuck you. Tell me this. How can you have the helmet for an X-Wing pilot that has had less screen time than the Mud Troopers who have been in a Star Wars movie, several comics, and now have been referenced once again in Andor? How okay, do you well, have a helmet for that, but not the Mud Troopers? That's a, that's a general, it's not a question at you. <laughs> I know, this feels personal because, like, I don't know. I feel like maybe if it were more, like, aligned with furries, like, there'd be, like, a target audience for, for people to buy, just, like, from a marketing perspective. Fun note, yesterday was the Halloween costume contest at my university. There was a very stylish Krennic who was drinking a soft drink, but there were multiple furries out and it was, it was giving me, yeah. Anyways, this is why we should have a mud trooper helmet. Number one, I want it. Number two, it would look good on my head. Number three, both Han Solo and Baylor Valens wore it. Of course, I'm going to fucking want it. Number four, I and think- Gord. And Gord. Gord. Gord yes. is the most important. <laughs> Very true. 
Number I four. I know. I miss him every week. <laughs> Number four. A lot of people would buy it. Number five. It is highly customizable. For example, but you could what's even. A lot of, what's a lot of people? <laughs> me, again. And me. Number five. <laughs> yes. Two. Number five. You could customize it to perhaps have the, the helmet that um, Thrawn had on the Battle of Adalon. Just slap um, that seventh fleet sticker on there. Mm-hmm. Better than dogs. I'm a cat person. What am I doing? What? The wolves on the oh. wolf. <laughs> Very true. Valid. Uh, number six. I need it for my mental stability and I don't want it to be number seven. Um, I need an affordable placement replacement or whatever because I cannot buy a four hundred dollar um metal cast mud trooper helmet off of Etsy. And number eight, it is the coolest helmet in Star Wars. Number nine, if you go outside in the rain, your hair won't get wet. Exactly and what is my for? Ten, it's a good accessory to any outfit. Thank so you. True. And it's practical. So true. Will be Ten. perfect for your Jack Antonoff look as the Taylor Swift goes through. Adding to it. Ten reasons yeah. why I personally should have a Mud Trooper helmet. This episode is so chaotic. And I'd like to apologize because it's definitely my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I will never beat the ham void allegation. When we leave this Zoom room, uh, MJ will stay at the ham void. <laughs> ham void, you go. <laughs> Six years. I'm just a Taurus. <laughs> just visiting anyway. the ham void. Any other comic stuff? <laughs> You know, okay. Oh, hold on, I just got really dizzy. <laughs> now entering the hand boy. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> okay. Whoa, this is way too dizzy for me. Hold on. I hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We got the preview for Bounty Hunters 28. That's probably what she was trying to say. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. The um physical and... reaction to that <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the mental illness i mean anyway comics that come out this week star wars 29 and bounty hunters 28 which in did you hear my elbows crack no <laughs> <laughs> both of my elbows violently cracked when i did that um anyway <laughs> The preview was all Valance. I was literally at the train station about to get on the train to go to the comic book store to pick up Afra. I was I was having a moment because Valance and Vader interacting. Okay, so if you don't know in Legends, Valance and Vader basically interact when Vader throws him off a, a like a pier into a vat of boiling acid. So every interaction with them is very, very intense for me, who has been in this shit literally since the fucking beginning. Literally in two days, it marks the first time that Bounty Hunter 17 was published, which is the worst day of my fucking life. I have been in the trenches since 
that day, it is very bad for me, <laughs> to put it plainly. Anyways, any interaction between them is very stressful. So when Vader goes to fix Valance's collar and he makes the motion to make it look like he's going to force choke him, I almost passed out. Ethan, you motherfucker. And it doesn't help that the very first interaction that Ethan and I had was him like making a joke about Valance getting force choked by Vader. It's, it's just an all around not a good time, homies. And from Belle's reactions, she reads it super early because it comes out 12, 12 a.m. British time. She reads it and then she posts her reactions on Twitter. I think she was just it's, reading it. <laughs> she was literally just reading it before we started recording. It is not good for me. I can I already tell from her reaction. Yes, you may. About the vat of acid. Oh, it's like a like, lake of acid. Sorry, that was my okay, mistake. Okay. I was just, there's a, you know, I hate to expose myself like this, but one of the Emmy, like winning episodes of Rick and Morty is literally the vat of acid. Like the whole episode takes place in a vat of acid. And I'm like, is this, like, this is what I'm envisioning for Valance's demise. This was, see, you meant that way. And I think last week I said, that's very Jason Todd of <laughs> Mm-mm. I'm a much worse person than you are much more insufferable my twitter attests to that <laughs> is it does it make me more insufferable if the only Jason Todd media I've consumed is titans is that the one with um where Yama I looked from up, game where- of thrones and where Hayden tried to make me look like a fool because I said Batman and Hayden said Emily no and everyone was like oh Emily struggle no I was correct I know that he was Batman Listen, the guilt from Game of Thrones I didn't know the guilt from Game of Thrones was Batman okay I didn't know that Jorah Mormont was Batman he was in Downton Abbey too not to be yes he was I looked up his acting credits and for some reason Titans oh, wasn't sure. on there but it's Jorah I showed you the photographic proof. you did the gilf from Game of Thrones is Batman. He's one of my Jorah favorite Mormon Game of Thrones characters. Jorah? Yes, hands down. I love Jorah. He's very Can, sexy. He was uncle zoned, though, which, like, I feel like that's worse than being friend zoned, you know? Imagine someone being like, you're like an uncle to me. There he is. Bruce Wayne. Barked. Yang Glenn. Slay. Slay. He's so, you know where he did get slayed? He unfortunately did get slayed in the long night, which I was not paying attention to. And then the next second he was down, I was like, no, Jorah. <laughs> I, I miss him very much. Anyway. Anyway, Bounty Hunter's 28 tomorrow. <laughs> I'm Good going luck. to be very, yeah, thank you. I'm going to need it because I'm going to be very, unwell all day you're gonna be dizzy again it's, i'm i'm becoming jay the yeah jay literally vacation. i was gonna say the j the jayification of hay the hayification <laughs> it's it's gonna be so bad for me tomorrow i mm, <laughs> the first time i read bounty hunters 17 i was not well i was curled up in a ball on my desk chair looking at that final page it is it is not Karn cosplay. Yeah, like literally emulating Sarah Karn. It is not good for me. 
And especially, oh my God, 31, 31 releases before Celebration. I know that for a fact, but I think it would be funny if Ethan delays the next couple issues so that <laughs> 31 comes out the week of Celebration. I think that would be very funny and so chaotic. whatever like witness protection that Britain has or what England has, he's going to have to go into it. They're going to call James Bond on you. They're literally going to have to call James fucking Bond on me because I'm going to find him. Instead of like fist fighting in a, like a Walmart parking lot, it's like <laughs> Marks and Sparks. No, wait, I've been saying this. We need to find an IHOP off the Anaheim Convention Center in London. So I've been asking my British mutuals, what's the equivalent of an IHOP in England? I've heard Waterstones, I've heard Spoons, I've heard Cheeky Nando's, I've heard um, Greg's. My dad just got back from London last night, so definitely my recommendation Follow up would be with Nando's. Me. Nando's? Okay. Yeah. I will Nando's fight chicken. Place. Yes, yeah, I will, I will fight chicken and waffles the food. as we it's the I will vibes, fight yeah. Ethan in the back of a Nando's parking lot. <laughs> And that's a promise. Ethan, if you're listening to this episode, that's a promise. It's like a bit nicer than a five guys. Yeah. Like you, you actually sit down and stuff. Oh. Yeah. They had so women. So is an IHOP. You do sit down at an IHOP. Yeah. Like the chicken equivalent of IHOP. I'm not going to say Los Pollos Hermanos. <laughs> like, I think I've. I've like reached my limit of better day. call Saul references. Yeah. I but when Mando, but when man the next Mando season comes out, it's all over. When I see Giancarlo Esposito again, <laughs> my Twitter you like are just mute me done. now. Yeah. Did you, mute me now. Wait, MJ, did you know that I used to live in New Mexico? <laughs> my reaction to that information. I literally just became the Walter White gift. <laughs> My one of my favorite gifs to use is the one of him falling over. And that is such a sad scene. Like I cried watching that scene. So every time I see you use it, I think about like the context in the show. <laughs> the context. Ethan is being mean to me again. I can't do this. You know what? Okay. <laughs> we have to we have to push through just this last bit. Fuck, okay. Um, we have to close. We're almost okay. three hours in, okay? Yeah, we're three hours in. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta go to the bathroom. We will we never push. beat the Better Call Saul allegations. allegations. Okay, comics coming up this week. We Star went Wars over this, up. we know. We went over this. Star Wars and Bounty Hunters. Okay, and uh, a, new, a new release today, Quest for the Hidden City by George Mann, Phase 2 of the High Republic. That's going Live, on. Live Red. Rebel Rising finally, which means the yes. day is now outnumbered Who in host cheered me. I cheered so hard. I was I, I, I the, the way I the biggest smile I had yeah, when like I fucking read gum that. snacks right now. <laughs> Where I I need you all to know that I mostly started reading it because Emma and I got into a no. little bit of an argument the day before. Um <laughs> Because I had posted on TikTok my ranking of men over 30 and uh, like one of those stupid filters. And I put Alfred Molina, my beloved. Doc Ock. Exactly. 
my husband, legally my husband, um, over Lee Pace, who I have never really consumed any of his media, so I don't have an attachment. in Lord of the Rings? And Ned and Pushing Daisies. Yeah, I haven't watched either. And uh, the the blue guy in Captain Marvel. Ronan. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, yeah. You, you don't even it. notice it's him because of how yeah. much body no idea. Oh, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, too. Yeah. But anyways, so I put Alfred Molina ahead of him and M didn't like that. So this was me trying to win back her favor. and it worked i have to be a lee pace defender because my sister literally did buy those super yak uh booty shorts that have lee pace on (laughs) my sister is a lee pace stand first human second (laughs) so i have to it's a family but i do appreciate and did you and you liked it right i did like it i liked it a lot yay I hmm, I've had an interesting history with Jin. I think I used to not like her at all, and then I was kind of like indifferent about her, but now mm. I really like her. So, That's gonna yeah. be Hayden with Taylor Swift. Yeah, no, so exactly. true, so true. We're actually no. Yeah, Rebel actually, Rising yeah. does a lot for Jin. Like it definitely like cemented her as like my like you know the character. Yeah. for me i think like it just does wonders for her well, now i want my gummy snacks <laughs> you two Yay. are like inter like in my mind you two are connected like you can't have jenner so without mm-hmm. underscore twitter user underscore, underscore <laughs> i thought that was like my intentional gin <laughs> brand as you should uh yeah, and, I, and now we are, and we are one step closer to getting Beth Revis on this podcast. <laughs> one so day. close. I feel like the first question you should ask Beth is the timeline for Sagarera's hair. Like, I feel yeah, like so it's true. a very hot topic. <laughs> the first Sager hair. Is, uh, uh, so the first question we asked Beth is, "Did you know that Jin and Saw split by the time Anders?" <laughs> I think I would leave. <laughs> but anyways i that would be your shortest reading. episode yeah <laughs> i can't believe i of all people would be contributing to the three hour like mark. are we surprised it's like a whole brand of your podcast to be under half an hour sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> anyways i am still on a literacy kick you know what i have continued to read star wars volume one AKA the very first Star Wars kind of publishing that Lucasfilm did. The art, let me tell you, the art is something. I'm also very obsessed with the sound effects and the lettering that they choose for Chewbacca. I've tweeted about this before. He says Gnork, Gnark. Like, he's my favorite one so far is Kronk. That is. Something that Chewbacca says. Pull in... the lever. <laughs> Wrong yeah. lever. Ah. Like literally, he says crunk. But I'm also still, I haven't picked this up again, but I'm still in the shits of Tarkin. Gay people. Gay people. Anyways, I am enjoying Star Wars Volume 1 a considerable more amount than Tarkin. 
because I actually care about those people. But anyways, that's what I'm reading. Literacy prevails. Em, what are you reading? Uh, literacy has also prevailed for me. I finally finished Now I Rise. It was very good. I'm interested. I've been trying to, uh, I'm I fearful of where it went because I accidentally, when I was, I got curious, so I started perusing the Wikipedia patients for the actual like historical figures that it was based on. And I was like, I should probably not do that because that'll probably actually spoil the series for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I am excited I'll finish that I hope to finish that by the end of the year so I can finally defeat that because that has been like probably one of the books that have uh, been on my TBR the longest they've lived in now through like three phases of my life with me so uh, and now I'm reading uh, Shift which is a fun enemies to lovers uh, adult romance because I have to split up my reading or else I will get in this one what a good but, trope that's like oh, so good the they're going to cruise ships tropes for me I'm expecting some maybe forks forced proximity too I'm very excited uh and now I'm just dying for uh convergence to come out after the embargo dropped today and people were saying that it was very romance and one thing about the High Republic is that it will do romance, especially yes. with Path of Deceit. This phase two seems to be romance central. So I'm excited. And it seems to be somewhat of the basis for the Rose dislike of the Jedi, which I will not speak any further on. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, I feel like none, think- of, none of the hosts on this are partial to Jedi. Nope. I We're don't not. know. It's interesting. Right. I agree. But <laughs> yeah. Slay. Yeah, we don't, none of us are really. Yeah, I, mean, I like the, the only... Republic Jedi, and I like Rey. <laughs> the only <laughs> Jedi, the only Jedi I really care about is Cal Kestis, to be honest. Everything else is kind of. That's so valid. So it's, it's fun. It's, I, it's like basically we just, it's like we like Jedi that are a part of the order. Uh, but thank you, MJ, so much for coming on and talking indoor with us. As we said, we have, Liv and I have an episode cooking up that we want to do by the end of the year, and we realized that MJ would be a very good guest, so hopefully- it's time to cook. Yeah, so hopefully <laughs> you will. <laughs> thank you for tolerating me this whole time. Oh my god. Thank you for hosting me. This I'm was so, so fun. Hey, I almost killed you, but- <laughs> Uh, so thank you. I thank deserve you. Uh, it. Make sure to yes, follow you MJ do. And so make sure you go follow MJ uh, everywhere. She is very funny, as you can tell. Makes, as you can tell, and she makes very good memes. Uh, and thank you guys so much for listening. Once again, uh, you can follow us on all of our social medias. If you have questions for us, you can ask them on Twitter or in our email. Once again, no one does it, but we would love to answer questions at some point. Um, Thank you once again for listening and may the force be with you.